Hello there, and welcome to episode 67 of Unknown Regions Podcast. I am your host, Michelle, and with me as always is your other host, my son, Colin. Yo. Hey. <laughs> what? Capstone over oh, oh, yeah. big presented. Deal. Big deal, big deal, big deal. It went so well. Yeah, I think it went pretty well. It went so well. Yeah. Um, however, <coughs> asterisk, asterisk, you will be finishing it because really what you turned in was only a portion of what you wanted to the get done. The first half, yeah. Yeah, because you just didn't have time and the pressure to turn it in and all of that. But Yeah, that's right. A plus from, yeah. the, from the professor. From the man. From the man. And the presentation, you got to go last. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And as your sister said, there's no such thing as a grand first. <laughs> there's only a grand finale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Grand intro. Yeah, no grand in- intro. Yeah. Only grand finales. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty grand. It's pretty good. It's pretty grand. I want it to be a little louder in there, but... That's okay. I'm pretty sure it was louder. I'm pretty sure it was loud in comparison to everyone else. Oh, so I guess pl- that's good. But I wanted it to kind of be more like you felt it more, you know. You wanted but. Dolby surround sound? <laughs> no. <laughs> but um, no, there was just a little bit of like, uh, what am I trying to say? Like there was not enough stuff leaping out at you there was a few parts where it was good but there were parts where it was good on other speakers and not in there but hmm. no it's it was good though like overall definitely good the acting first rate i have to say acting is pretty good so good the sound effects it's good for star wars acting yeah the sound effects <laughs> were insane those are pretty good and the score was Music excellent was all right but yeah. you need to you need to get it off of the midi and get it into the well better software better midi (laughs) better yeah yeah um which you're gonna do and then you're gonna put a lot more of the scene back together i would yeah i'm excited to see the whole thing anyway yeah it'll be nice um i went to celebration crazy 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 caught the crud unfortunately so pardon my voice if it gives out because i'm still trying to get well it's not covid and it's not strep just some random british (laughs) junk that i caught somewhere along the way um but the panel that i did with kara dj and robin was mightily successful lots of people came it was so much fun galaxy brain by the way you can find it um on kara dj's podcast force time her podcast partner, Travis, was nice enough to put the audio on their podcast channel, network, whatever you want to call it. You can find it on on there. If you look up Force Time Podcast, you will find it. Mm. And um, we had a really good time. It was so much fun. I'm hooked now. I want to do more panels. We got to do a panel for C2E2. I swear we're doing one. We're going to submit to do one. Okay. I don't know about what, but <laughs> we'll think of something interesting to talk about yeah i'm sure sure. um hopefully with sarah from friends of the force oh i think that would be a good dynamic the three of us yeah that'd be pretty cool as long as you guys don't gang up on me it'll be fine (laughs) i don't know why that would happen i don't either but it's probably more it's probably more of a chance that she and i would gang up on you if anything (laughs) unfortunately true um but i want to do a whole other episode about all the stuff that came out 
came out of Celebration because there was just a ton. Yeah. And I don't even know what you know and what you don't know because you weren't really paying attention, I don't think, very closely. That was leading up to I know a lot. Do you? Yeah. We need to I don't think I know everything, but I know a lot. We need to discuss. There's a lot. Um, And just in case, uh, just for, I don't know, point of interest, um, his dad and I won the lottery for the first time ever and got to go to the Lucasfilm showcase panel two hours long of being punched in the face with yeah, that's crazy with announcements and trailers and oh my god it was amazing and they actually let us see uh the episode of the mandalorian early the um the spies so we saw that on friday night the friday night before it was released on disney plus mm-hmm. we all deserve medals in my opinion, for not talking about any of that stuff that happened in that episode, because there was a lot. And we were at a Star Wars convention, and it was very difficult not to talk about anything that happened in that episode. You're welcome. Yeah. The rest of Celebration for not spoiling anybody on anything. Can you point your mic a little bit more at you? Because like I see, it seems like you're getting like the same amount of level in your mic as mine, which makes no sense. Okay. Is that better? Here, keep talking. I'm just, um, wa- I'm just watching. Keep going. I'm just, I'll, I'll tell you okay. like, if you need to change. So in this episode, That's we better. are going to basically just talk about... Um, I know we still have to talk about the finale and the rest of Bad Batch. I know, I know, I know. I'm aware. <laughs> mm. I, it's a question of nailing Colin down to discuss these things and to record these episodes. Um, but the Mandalorian finale is next week. So we are going to talk about today... Chapters 22 and 23 of The Mandalorian, Guns for Hire, and The Spies. Yes? Sure. Are you aware of this? Okay. I don't know how much you want to talk about the first one, (laughs) but if there's more than a note, a page is worth. Oh my gosh. We have a problem. Quiet down. I can't take it. Um, There has been a lot of stuff on my Twitter timeline. And quite frankly, has been making me bananas. I have had to mute terms. I have had to mute individuals. Oh, terms? <laughs> Just I words. Didn't do that. Yeah, you can. Um, huh. Because these the talk about the spies being a plural noun, <laughs> yeah. and people assuming, and it's kind of a big assumption to be honest. That he intentionally, and he by he I mean John Favreau, named it the spies on purpose because there's more than one spy. Like that assumption in itself is kind of a big one. I'm not sure we can trust him enough in that regard. Mm. Like he may have just named it kind of dumbly. That doesn't make sense. That could be. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Or I saw someone bring up the fact, this was actually a really interesting point that if he is if he is going along the um hebrew old testament bible track yeah spies is used in the bible more as a word for scouts so Mm. this could be also okay i didn't know that however if you're going to assume that he named it correctly and he really does mean that there's more than one spy (laughs) then twitter is melting down over it (laughs) 
I'm not kidding. I am just floored. At, I said it's almost as bad as Snoke theories at this point about spy theories are off the wall. Like some of them are absolutely make no sense. Like I don't even understand. <laughs> I actually saw somebody imply that it's Bo-Katan. Mm. Bo-Katan. <laughs> Do you see people saying Din? That would be crazier. That's crazier of an idea. I don't think I've seen anybody say Din. Oh, okay. That's or crazy. Grogu. Like, seriously, <laughs> they're saying it as a joke. But yeah. this person was dead serious uh-huh. that oh. it's Bo-Katan. Interesting. Okay. That she's a traitor. That she's working with the um, the Imperials. Like, okay. are you insane? That's wild. <laughs> what are you talking about? Anyway, we'll get to that later. But I'm just saying there was this thread... And I don't know why this thread got 5,000 likes (laughs) as of the last time I looked at it. Maybe bots. And I won't say who it was. Uh Uh-huh. I can't even remember their handle anyway. But if you're on Twitter and you're into this chatter, you know which thread I'm talking about. Because it's gotten 5,000 likes. And this person has gone down and made this long, long thread of all the reasons why the armor is a traitor and a spy. And I promise you, if I wanted to, I'm not going to because of time constraints, but I will hit on a few of them. I could argue every single thing that this person has said as either circumstantial or just downright not true. And I don't know what they're talking about, but... Mm. We're going to address a few of those things later when we get to that episode. But first, okay, just to keep in correct order, Guns for Hire, Chapter 22, written by Favs, as always, directed, however, by Bryce Dallas Howard, who we love. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, <laughs> this episode was bananas at first glance. Like, yeah. you're watching this going, what? It is pretty crazy. <laughs> what is this episode? Yeah. Let me paint a picture for you. Mm -hmm. Dad and I are in England. We are still (laughs) staying in our first hotel, which is in Covent Garden. We have not yet moved to our celebration hotel, which is over by the convention center. So we're in this hotel that is as old as dirt. Nice. Um, The bed is the most uncomfortable bed I've ever slept in my life. That's sick, dude. That's genuine experience, though. No, it was terrible. That's genuine experience. It was terrible. Part of the reason why I'm sick is because I couldn't sleep the entire time we were there. Mm. And m- most of the reason for those first four nights is because of this bed. It was small and as hard as a rock. And so me and dad had to fit into it together. Anyway, he's I'm like, I need to watch The Mandalorian. And he's like, well, let's watch it on your, on your computer. And I said, you know what? I'd rather p- watch it on my computer and I want to put my earpo- AirPods in, you know, so I can hear the music and everything. And he's like, well, what am I supposed to do? Watch it on my iPad? I'm like, yeah. (laughs) So this room is so tiny. There's nowhere to sit. (laughs) We're laying in bed side by side. (laughs) You guys are so dumb. (laughs) Watching it side by side, laying in bed, each on our own device with our AirPods in. I don't know why it was funny, but it was funny. Um, And let me just say, when when, when Lizzo appeared... You did. Yeah, I mean, I kind of. Did, did you not see anything? No, okay, I had cool, no cool, idea. Cool. All right, yeah, that's probably pretty crazy then. Uh, yeah. When firstly, when Jack Black came on, I was kind of like not even that surprised about him. But then when I realized it was Lizzo, as the Duchess, 
Uh, I, I just was like, what in the... So, oh, my God. So. This is so funny. So, I'm just going to say, uh, well, this might be something I should say at the end of this conversation. What? I mean, I know that there are a lot of people who are really mad about her being in it. Obviously. Really? Oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of people who are like... I mean, just bad people, you know, who are just like mad about Lizzo as Lizzo being in Star Wars, you know? Yeah. And it's not like I don't agree with any of those people at all. But but the it was it was a challenge for me personally watching to accept the Star Wars character, not to accept Lizzo being in it like it's but it's Lizzo being a Star Wars character. Like it's a crazy combo. So it's hard for me. To, it's not like you see a famous actor doing like. A role which like if you see a famous actor like Christopher Lloyd Christopher Lloyd, right? I had more problem Coming with in. him well, than yeah, anybody so else. I, I have a problem with him too. Yeah, but it it's a different hard. kind of problem because I know he's an actor and so I can kinda like convince myself that it works. Mm. But when it's like a musician who just straight up is like in the movie. Like if if like if uh Billy Joe Armstrong just like showed up in a movie all of a sudden, I'd be like, What? Who is that? I mean that's kinda like the same reaction honestly it's the same reaction I have with Sting in obi-wan i was kind of like this is kind of weird <laughs> i don't know how, like it's kind of unfo- sting or what is his name not sting what's his name from uh, uh who's that who's that uh the musician who's in who's in obi-wan who steals why am i drawing leia away? right what? flea flea oh flea. flea yeah um well he's barely in it i know but it was weird to see him like it's like worlds colliding in a strange i mean way. i think if you're gonna if you're gonna call that out then you can say that about all three of those guest stars but that's like, what i'm saying so i'm not wild. i'm not saying what other people are so i liked it like it was fine it, but it was like one of those challenges where it's like i'm so really what i'm trying to say is not just her but actually all three of those people all three of them i'm like i don't know how to like so you don't conceptualize like, you this. don't like the stunt casting at all no like i kind of do it's just challenging <laughs> it's challenging why is it a concept that's hard to understand I don't know. It's, you're, it's, you're, you're telling kind of, me that if someone you're kind you of presenting know, it like you didn't like it. If someone you know exists in this world, right? This world is who they are, and all of a sudden they show up in this other world. That's a crazy thing. I guess it is crazy. Yeah, but it's not a bad thing. It's just a crazy thing. It was very reminiscent of like seventies and eighties television. Where you would have your weekly show. Oh, yeah. I see what you mean. And there would be this, the guest star of the week. And it would be some really famous... Like, The Love Boat was famous for this. Fantasy Island. Yeah, I see what Also you mean. famous for this. Charo. Yeah, right. You know, like, who name a really famous person. That's I don't true. Know. If you look at it that way, it's different. Would be, like, the guest star of the week. And I kind of think that's that was kind of the vibe they were I guess, yeah, going right. for. Because it, it was actually Star Wars CSI. Most yeah, yeah. of this episode. Yeah. Like that was the vehicle that they were using to tell the story was 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 a crime procedural thing yeah, that they yeah. were doing. And you know, that taps into Attack of the Clones and it taps into the Clone Wars, the Ahsoka's um Hitchcock arc. Yeah. As yeah. I like to call it. Yeah. Um they even had nanobots. Mm-hmm. Like that was a direct Attack of the Clone or relation to that. Clone Wars, yeah. Clone Wars. Yeah, arc. true, 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 true. Weren't there nanobots involved with her? Um, like when they thought she killed somebody and they yeah ended up yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah oh yeah I thought there were nanobots involved. Any anywho, um, 
It was just bananas. It was hard for me to understand. <laughs> That's all I'm trying to say, I guess. I'm not saying it's bad. I never said yeah. that. No one quote me. I never said it was bad. It's it's definitely like not. I don't know. I, I was just kind of like copacetic with it. It's not normal Star Wars. Yeah, I was Let's definitely just, just copacetic. It's not normal for Star Wars to do something like that. Like My brain was like. A bit gimmicky, but the characters that they were playing. I mean, they're cool characters. Perfectly cast. Yeah. Gimmick. That's what cast, I'm saying. Like the gimmick people, casting. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like the people who are upset about it are like, I'm like, dude, you got to look at who they're playing. Like they're pretty perfect roles for who they're playing. If you really think about it. But, you know. The only kind of, again, we were out of the country. I was not on Twitter hardly at all. I wasn't seeing the chatter really That's much That's crazy at you didn't all. see anyone I didn't. upset about that? Dude, there were there so many people. I perfectly Way curate more. my timeline, though, on Twitter. Okay. I perfectly curate. If, you, if I even get a whiff that you are mm, questionable, I blocked. Okay. Like, I don't even play with those people at all. Okay. So, and I wasn't on TikTok at all. Like, I don't think I've been on TikTok for two weeks, almost. That's a good thing. Um, That's a beautiful thing. But, and, okay. So this, this episode seemed wild and bananas. And it kind, and it was. Yeah, it's not that wild. But. It was wild at first, but then it's kind of like, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> There's some plot here. I'm going to make an argument. Okay. That the oh, theme yeah. of this episode is actually really important to mm. the show and what's going on with the Mandalorians specifically and and Bo and Din also. Right. <laughs> Indeed. I know you I know you like to ship Bo with other people besides Din, but <laughs> what do I? Oh, oh. <laughs> I mean I'm still on top of that. I... I'm still re- I'm I'm reeling it in as we speak. I maintain. We have one episode left this season. I know, and it got super romantic in the spies, though, between Bo and Din. Sorry. Oh well, yeah, but I'm talking a whole season versus all one right, episode. All right. We'll see. I maintain you can you can ship Bo Katan with everybody, anyone and ever, <laughs> everybody. Yeah, I guess. Casca, Axe. Okay, Ahsoka. hold on. Focus. You need to focus. Okay. We are on this episode. Yes. Um. All right. So this episode starts out with a little side plot about a Quarren lady captain. Oh my gosh, I totally forgot about that. And a Mon Calamari prince. Facts. And they are in love. <laughs> and the whole reason we know about this is because Axe Woves and Casca Reeves and their Merc, uh, Mandalorian Merc little troop has been hired to bring this uh, Mon Cal prince home by his mother, by the way. Oh, yeah, I was told. I mean, clearly, Romeo and Juliet inspired. Clearly. Like, the, what are those? Uh, I can do Montague's it. Montague's. No, shush! I didn't say! <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Dude. Sorry. I wanted to show myself. Oh, my gosh. You would have thought of the it. The capul- Capulos or cap- Capulets. Capulets. Dang it. And Montagues. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this, put a pin in this because this is example number one oh, yeah. of a theme that is no, this episode, prevalent. No, this you episode. know what this episode is? Hold on. I'm about to, I'm about to pin this on the wall, right? All right. Well, it's probably going to be what, 
I was going to say. But go oh, ahead. I don't know if you're... No, I don't think so. Th- this looking at this my is harebrained scheme. No, oh, I'm not okay. looking at your notes. Okay. I am, but I'm not reading them. Um, this episode was very Shakespearean. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough. Like, it had, like, a preamble almost, which is this that we're talking about. That's and true. And then you go back to the main characters and, like, they kind of go through this whole... Like, it felt like the first act or the fir- the introduction was the thing that showed you the... Uh, the theme the theme of mm-hmm. the entire like it was very classical this episode felt it's very very which is funny because like they're kind of in a classical society so it's kind of clever but like doesn't it feel that way to you it felt very neat the way it was put together now that you're saying it it does feel like a like, like a i was Shakes- watching shakespeare yeah like a little shakespearean in, in little form bit. in form yeah. yeah um but yeah that's even my the, point oh, even like the like the betrayer being like amongst mm, the ranks of the yeah, good guys. That's like, true. Also Although, very Scooby Doo. <laughs> it is. I mean, the dude's name is Hellgate. If you didn't know it was him, <laughs> I, yeah. you're pretty I, I mean it could I didn't even know that until the end. I didn't hear it. It really couldn't have been more on the nose with the with the character names. Hellgate, um, Bombardier, and Duchess. Mm-hmm loaded all three of them <laughs> yeah um okay so this is where we find out that axe woves and Casca reeves are in fact mercenaries and they're not they're not rude about it they're not bombing this ship or anything they're just like come with us and we won't bother your girlfriend it's fine you can do whatever you want after we take you back we don't care you know they're being very like cool about it yeah not overly violent or anything um so you are left to think wonder what is the point of that other than to say they're mercenaries which we already knew they bo-katan already told us that um so example number one of a theme in my opinion we move on we go to plazir 15 bo and din are um trying to get in touch with axe woves because as we know she has decided that she is going to find other mandalorians Bo? and bring them together yeah well her and the armor had their conversation about uniting all the mandalorians and so that's what she's going to do she's going to try to talk them into coming with them and bringing the fleet back and all of that but in the meantime <laughs> they get there and in a very um thor ragnarok type uh, of a thing that's true um they mm. get forced to go talk to the rulers of this planet, who are the Duchess, played by Lizzo, and Captain Bombardier, played by Jack Black. Also Bowser. <laughs> I didn't AKA really... Bowser now. Yeah, I have been forced to watch the Princess Peach video. Did you... Oh, <laughs> by Delaney? Yes. Dude, why is she so obsessed with that? She's obsessed. She's so weird. And she didn't even want to go see that movie either. <laughs> <laughs> she, she has like the weirdest obsessions. So in meeting these two new characters, we come to find out that the Duchess, a loaded name, and in more ways than one in Star Wars. A loaded name? It's what do a, you mean? Satine? The Duchess? Oh, oh, oh yeah. Okay. I thought you were and Bo-Katan is hard to pronounce. Or something. And, and Bo-Katan is here yeah. in this story meeting another Duchess. Like, yeah, it's interesting. Not to mention... It did feel like a Taika Waititi video. But the colors and like that big feathery thing that she walks around with, like it's a digital, it's a big digital feather thing behind her. That was cool though. 
I mean, kind of Satine Kreese-esque. Because she used to dress very, very, very fancily like that. Like she yeah. had that great big headpiece all the time. I don't know. There's something going on there. Mm. I mean, I do think I know, but maybe it's just me. Mm. Um, and then we find out that she is the royalty of the planet. That's where she comes from. So very much along the lines of Satine. Yeah. Also. And that she's married to or in love with or with Jack Black's character who used to be an Imperial. So he's a reformed Imperial. Well, he has that badge too. Did you notice that? Uh-huh. He's a reformed Imperial. But they they explain that um, he was sent there by this same um, New Republic thing where they're like re... Uh, rehabilitating old imperial officers like the same thing Aaliyah kane is is in but she's like faking you know what i'm saying yeah <clears throat> i forget what they call it that's what but... i'm saying he had the badge that showed that he was part of that yeah team. yeah yeah. so he was sent there to help rebuild the planet after um the war and they fell in love yeah example number two <laughs> yes of opposites who should be enemies, kind of, falling in love and being together. Ah. Example number two. Rats. Rats? Why must you be correct? <laughs> makes me so mad. I'm sorry. True. It's true. Uh, I it's, can't deny. There's two more examples of this. But? In this episode Bo alone. and the armor are opposites as well. As they are. much as Din and Bo is. Sure. But the armor is really not there on this planet with them. Bro? But it's fine. Cap. Yeah. It's fine. Yes, you're correct. Because Don't they're manifest both, things. They're both in the covert, so it's yes. Example number three of opposites, you know, supposed opposites being together, working together, loving each other, whatever you want to say. And then at the very, very, very end of the episode, <sighs> Bo, in fact, does um, talk her former mercenary friends into following her once again and aligning themselves with the covert. So yeah. four examples in this one episode of opposites finding a what? Finding a middle path the middle path the middle way mm. there it is there it is nice yeah that's pretty much <laughs> that's pretty much what's going on isn't here. that all we need to talk about do we really need to keep talking about this episode Let's um, that's the big there are off. a couple other things i feel like we need to talk okay, about okay, okay 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 um i like seeing droids the machinations of the of my of, mind of the, <laughs> the episode machinations of my mind <laughs> are an enigma i really liked how they explained why they can't have a police force, why they can't have an army, why they can't let the mercs into the city, and why they can let Bo and Din in because they're they're a um pluralist pluralistic society. Yeah. Meaning like we take anybody and everybody and we respect everybody's culture. So we respect you, Mandalorians, and the way that we can't take your weapons away because it's part of your religion. But hey, also, can you figure out this mystery for I mean, us? I mean, that's <laughs> kind of all right, man. 
That's kind of all right. They could have said no. And if you do, we'll let you talk to your marks. Right. And Din's response, you had me at battle droids. Was <laughs> Which so funny. I don't understand that, though, because I thought he doesn't like battle droids. Right. But he is very, very keen on finding out like that they suck. Oh, <laughs> and like, OK, learning that. Yeah, it's bad to have to rely on all these droids. He pretty, he basically says so. This is what happens when you rely on droids. Yeah, this um, was a cool. My favorite part about this episode, I might as well just say it now because you're getting to it. I think. Droid but, bar. Uh, no, it was, cool. it was cool. Bar? cool. No, no, no. Oh. no that, that's no. This is like a bigger picture favorite idea. Oh, okay. Um, I really liked how we saw how Din has ways with peep with like organic beings. Like he's he, he communicates well with organic beings, yeah. and Mbo communicates well with droids. Hmm. Yeah. That so was it's kind of cool to see. And also just like the fact that she exposes her face, which you would say is like human, mm-hmm. but is better with droids. And Din doesn't expose his face, which is kind of like not human and is better with organic. So it's like it's a yin yang kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So balance. Balance. Is what I'm about. Exactly. Exactly. Which oh, brings God. me to. I bet you didn't write that in those notes. <laughs> I did not. Mm. But that does bring me to the to my theory on the droids in this episode but oh okay yeah the droid bar i actually liked the ugnaught scene better the ugnaught scene was we finally got so good i've been waiting for what for a reference of our boy Quill. the one and only he literally is the person who the character in this show who like started everything and he's never referenced ever well, this is just to show you that he has never left Din's. I mean, it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I love that character. I love that character. And I am always just like weirded out by like he never comes up. It's really odd. I'm so hot. Oh, is it hot in here? Yeah. Can you turn the fan on? Either Otherwise, you're going to hear it's this. It's going to be. You're going to hear this, mm, though. That's. You can't hear it. Oh, yeah, you definitely can. Yeah. Turn the fan on, All please. Right. <laughs> oh and one other little thing about this the one? um no like that one over there and pointed at me that's gonna be worse because i mean at least this, one, this one is I'm better. dying this one is better and it's less loud actually maybe that's not true okay this is great my dog point it at me and like turn it up really high oh. i told you i'm having um like Whatever I caught in celebration is making my body temperature just go wild. I have no idea what's going on. All right, stop fanning. That is actually audible. That is the highest it can be. What about this? I don't want to use that as dust all over, probably. Gosh. Okay. Um, Okay, there's one funny thing pertaining to the droids and this whole mystery and everything and the nanobots. The fact that the stuff that the droids drink, quote unquote, at the droid bar is called Nepenthe. Did that ring any bells for you? No. As far as anything. Uh, it is a direct reference to the Odyssey. Oh, sweet. Like direct reference. Nah, I don't know what reference. that is. I don't know what that is. In the Odyssey... Uh, I'm gonna want to say it was Helen of Troy. Uh, that might be wrong. 
I should. I mean, probably, she's in it. I should. I know, <laughs> but I'm trying to remember like who drinks this stuff and why. But anyway, it is a. Um, it's basically a drug that they take or she takes that completely wipes away all your sadness and sad memories and anything that makes you sad. Okay. So it's kind of really interesting that they chose that name and that the droids are imbibing yeah. this Nepenthe. Like, that is interesting. What does that mean, John Favreau? Okay, here's my theory. And you can say you agree or disagree. Okay. That the droids are a larger metaphor for the Mandalorians. Oh, talking about that now? Yes. Okay. In that, ob- the obvious like armor, metal, you know, thing that they have in common. And that in this episode, the droids are basically... Um, there's a there's a bunch of droids that are doing things that are potentially going to destroy all the droids. Like if they can't get this under control, these these few droids that are flipping out and hurting people and going bananas, the rest of the droids are very concerned that their entire droid society is going to end because they're going to basically trash all of them. Because if they can't trust the people can't trust them, they're just going to get rid of them. Like they see even say like the New Republic is going to come or the new republic tried to destroy us but we got a second chance here on this planet because they repurposed us and they reprogrammed us and that's what captain bombardier was in charge of reprogramming all these droids that worked for the empire before or or maybe even during clone wars like they show battle droids they show super battle droids they show separatist droids like there's all types of droids so that parallels all the different types of Mandalorians that we have so far been shown in the show. And then, you know, through it. By the way, I went back yesterday. I watched the entire animated Mandalorian storyline. Mm. Every single episode that pertains to Mandalorians in the Clone Wars and Rebels, I watched yesterday. Uh huh. Because I always need to refresh my memory because it's so freaking complicated. And I always forget, like, who is Finn Rao? What is his deal? <laughs> oh, yeah. Finn Rao's weird. Like, yeah. he flip-flops too much. And I can't remember, like, what his deal is. Anyway, my point is, I think that the droids are a metaphor for the Mandalorians, for what I've already said, that they're just, they're basically going to cause their own downfall if they don't get their ass together uh-huh. on this planet. And there's different factions are all there. All these different types of droids are there. And Bo-Katan has said many times at this point that the Mandalorians are their own worst enemies and all that they do, the, the Empire could not defeat them. Like, nobody can defeat the Mandalorians except themselves, basically, is the point of the, sh- of the show, probably. Yeah. Uh... I had another point that I probably didn't write. I should have written down. But anyway, what do you think of that theory? Uh, I think I think it's pretty good. Makes sense to me. And the fact that two Mandalorians are trying to figure out 
Yeah. It's how like, to fix this problem. Yeah. Basically. It's like, like a warm up for them or something. You know what I mean? It's kind of a warm up for them. Like, yeah. They're learning in this little capsule of an episode that it wasn't it wasn't really the droids fault basically it's it was you know that other guy's fault for feeding them nanobots but (laughs) you can look at the nanobots as kind of um something that's inside mandalorian culture that's just got to change like they've got to change just like the droids had to be changed from imperial droids to being helpful or from the um separatist droids to being helpful something inside of them has got to change what has got to change they got to stop fighting themselves and get and get it together otherwise somebody from the outside such as this hellgate guy yeah is going to be able to take them down, i.e. Gideon or the First Order or whoever it is. I think it's pretty solid. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. I think it's pretty solid. I don't know how you could refute that, so it's pretty solid. I I just don't know if it's like, I don't know, sometimes you say I'm crazy and I'm (laughs) far-fetched. No, I feel like that episode was definitely metaphorically driven. Like, it had to be, you know? They spent all that money. It's got to be something like that. Like, It seemed like... To make a connection out of something that doesn't seem to have a connection, Like, that's a pretty good connection, you know? It seemed like a very out there sort of an episode that a lot of people probably were you like... You missed that connection. This is a filler episode. This doesn't make any... What are right. we doing? Why are we yeah. having this side quest? Yeah. We're having this side quest because it speaks to Bo and <laughs> It Din's. is character building, my guy. It's it, it's character building and it's like showing them in a metaphorical way what has to be done. Right, right. For the Mandalorians to survive. I'm opening the blinds. And also to kind of back this up in the very next episode, we get IG-12 Indeed. Who indeed. has been repurposed. Yeah. Multiple times at this point. Which, by the way, I have a new theory today after watching the episode a second time. Okay, hold on. All right. We get IG-12, Grogu sitting literally where the heart would be. So cheesy. Cheese. And he's basically become, you know, one with this droid shell that he's driving around in. So it, <laughs> it tracks, is what I'm saying. Thematically, yeah. it tracks. Um, and then another big moment was, I thought, actually, when Lizzo says after after they find out that Hellgate is the guy who had planned all of this. Oh, by the way, him yelling, Dooku was a visionary was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I love any time Dooku is is invoked in any way in anything. So that was cool. Um, But anyway, the Duchess basically says... Um, isn't there something to the effect of, isn't there room for forgiveness in this big giant galaxy? Like, because Hellgate really doesn't like Bombardier and the fact that he came in and he changed everything and she's married to an ex-imperial, like gross, basically. He's very prejudiced against him. Right. But she's like, it's about forgiveness, my guy. Mm. 
And you know what? Someday I'll forgive you, but for now you're going to a moon because we can't trust <laughs> you. You're bad. Kinda. Yeah, we can't trust you. <laughs> and he even asked for forgiveness too. Yeah. He kinda now he's kind like, of a dog, bro. Can you forgive me? And she's like, mm, maybe later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, to reiterate, the theme of this episode is finding the middle way. Yeah. And it is repeated no less than three times and probably four. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In what is probably the sexiest scene, like last shot of anything I've ever seen after Bo Katan puts the beat down on Axe Wolves. <laughs> the beat down. And Colin has a shining moment. Yes, boys. Where we something that he called long ago. A while back. A long time ago. Not even in this season, right? Oh no, it was. It because was. yeah. Okay. Has come for has come come to fruition. He literally said at some point, and I don't remember if it was on the mic or off the mic when we were just having a conversation. Y'all don't even know how many how many gems I drop off the mic. <laughs> I'm so but smart off the mic. On the mic, I'm not. He said at some point, wait a minute. That creepy eye monster that that def- that took Din and had him in a cage. <laughs> oh, it definitely was on the podcast. I remember that being on the podcast, I feel like. Oh, maybe. I yeah. don't I'm not sure, but yeah. I'm just giving you credit even if okay, it okay. wasn't. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cuz he go, absolutely go, go, go. said this. Yeah, yeah, it's true, it's true, it's true, it's true. I did. That because Bo beat the monster and got the dark saber, doesn't that mean that it's hers? <laughs> and when he said that, I was like, "Huh, yeah." Yeah. So why does he have? Um, it? It's weird. Favreau, or did you just like <laughs> did you miss? Up? <laughs> did you just like totally miss that, or what? No, he did not miss that. That is how she got it back after we got to see her gloriously beat down X Wolves. Though that was that was amazing. And then, you know, our pal Din is like, hey, wait a minute, guys. Let me just so ask bad. this question. <laughs> Isn't this belong to Bo? And and Everyone's they're like, like uh like, Yeah, um, I guess it does. Like the But then uh that Or with confusion. That closing shot though of her with the Darksaber. Okay, okay, all right, yeah. I died. I died. I've seen that shot a million times. I don't care. It was incredible. It was incredible. Oh. All right. Um, so I would say this episode is very, very interesting. And if people Out are not getting it. Out of 10. That's on them. Out of 10. Out of 10? Seven. It was very entertaining. But it also had a lot of deeper stuff going on. So that's really all you can do to make me happy. Like all of that is makes me very what happy. What would you say the next episode is? Plus though? Lizzo. How, how would you rank the next one? If that's a seven, that's a B plus. 9.5. Okay. All right. <laughs> all right. Okay. So again, I saw Spies. Oh, are we done with that one then? Uh, unless you have anything to add. Oh, uh... I like seeing the droid stuff. Oh yeah, the that droid was cool. stuff was great. The new droid was cool. You didn't even reference the new. Talk about the new droid. The new droid. It, the bartender droid. Oh, fantastic! And the bartender's like its voice would change. Mm-hmm. That was dope. 
That's dope. Let's just talk about that. That was really cool. I liked that a lot. I thought that was a nice touch. I also love. They didn't need to do that. Like that was such a thing they did not need to do, and it was a perfect. Nah, like, they really didn't need to. A great kind of thing, but um, and the 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 nice parallel. I did normally, you know, parallels with me don't mix very well. Like my when I'm like, oh yeah, that's the same like thing that happened here. Like I'm not that type of person very often, but I did like the reverse tension with the humans being in the droid bar. Like that was. Funny. Oh yeah, that was great. That was clever. Not going to lie. When they walk in and they all just stop and look at yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was kind of clever. Um, it, it's uh, an- the antithesis of A New Hope. Right. And then um, I really liked seeing the Super Battle Droid of animation. Course, of course you did. But then it was just cool to see Super, Super Battle Droid animation that's like good. No offense to like prequels people. But like it was good. But it was kind of plasticky and like not super refined. And this looked like so clean, you know? The way he was the animation. kicking him. That yeah, was so yeah, funny. That was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, that was all kind of fun. That was like my favorite part of the episode. Those two things. The bar um, and the, the stuff droid bar was amazing. Mm-hmm. And my I loved, especially with that that blue um, protocol droid that kind of started edging towards the door. Yeah, it's like, hey. <laughs> Nobody leaves. Nobody leaves. <laughs> Indiana Jones moment. It was so funny. Yeah. Um. Oh, well, I guess I kind of forgot about the the Pinthi. The, the whole reason why I think that that was a choice and the fact that they're giving that to the droids is again like a statement about first of all the droids have seen a lot and they went through the clone wars and they went through the empire and they've had a lot of i'm sure like practically ptsd issues you know they've seen a lot that they kind of want to forget maybe is the point oh yeah but also for <laughs> talking about it as a metaphor for the um the Mandalorians, it tracks as well because they just can they just can they just have a minute? Can they just yeah. be happy for Droids? five minutes? Yeah, I know. Five minutes. It's rough for them. And I realize that's the whole plot of the show, and it has to be dramatic. But man, <laughs> come yeah. on! I know, man. Maybe that'll be that'll be where we end up. Happy Mandalorians. That'd be kind of cool. I'm also, you're going to think I'm crazy. I'm getting redemption vibes for Gideon. Interesting. I am. Interesting. Okay. Because something more people need to be talking about is the fact that we have no mention at all in the sequel trilogy of the Mandalorians or of Gideon. Okay. They are no longer on the game board by the time the sequel trilogy starts. I mean, you don't know that. They're just not in the sequel trilogy. Okay, but why though? I don't know, because they didn't think about it. <laughs> because Mandalore, if in fact the Mandalorians have reunited, if in fact they have successfully become one people, which is I hope where this show is going, that would be an in- a huge it would be just like the empire they would be the the first order would be like hell no mm. we cannot let that stand they're too powerful they're too good of at, at war like we can't deal with that we got to squash them so maybe gideon actually gets pulls a pulls a hot callus Oh. and eventually flips because he seems to be extremely obsessed with them. Yeah. Isn't he? Yeah. Like, for what reason? Why? 
is he so obsessed with them? And I kind of feel like he might have been, he might be a Mandalorian. Yeah, I, I would believe that. That'd be kind of cool. Maybe not. It'd be cool if he was, though. Maybe not, but maybe so. Anyway, let's. I'm floating lots of, yeah. I'm speculating so irresponsibly at this yeah. point. <laughs> Let us discuss chapter 23, The Spies, directed by Rick Famuyiwa and written by, guess who? <laughs> Favs. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let me just. I got to keep this page handy because it has all my arguments on it. Oh, (laughs) is this side by side? Kind of, sort of. Snap. This one starts with Elia Kane playing Rick Deckard from Blade Runner. Very convincingly. (laughs) I'm kind of obsessed with her too now. Yeah, she's cool. She's great. Yeah. Um... This is the scene they showed us at the panel in Star Wars Celebration. This this scene leading into the next one. And you're with, like, with why are we Shadow watching Council. Blade Runner right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the whole, we got to see the Shadow Council and everything. So it was like, what is, oh nice. my God, this episode. And then they let us come back later that night and we saw the entire 45 minute extravaganza. Woo. Okay. <clears throat> this Really, I should not have to present any other evidence that the armorer is not the spy other than this. I have something I need to tell you. Okay, what? (laughs) So, I am compelled in your direction. (laughs) He sent me this text. I had a panic attack. I'm like, wait, (laughs) maybe they're right. No, No, they're not right. I mean, okay. However, and this... I cannot deny after the second watch. And you know I don't normally do second watches. This was a crazy experience. All right. right? Uh, there is the first time you see the armorer in this episode. The music, man. I hate to say it. I really hate to say it. But it is noticeably, noticeably darker than the music preceding it immediately. You're talking about when they are back on Navarro yeah. and she's coming out of yes. her tent. Yes. The music, it's odd, my friend. It is odd. I don't think I'm not it saying is. that it means anything. Mom. Mom. They use it is it is intense but, music okay, okay. for them all Yo. the time, though. Okay, but not but just it, for her. But it was notice I wasn't looking out for it. Like I wasn't looking I was not like waiting for the the armor to show up and like analyzing every single frame and every sound, like I was just watching and heard that music and I'm like, oh, this is compelled. Okay. Take into consideration Bo-Katan's motif. It is is very villainy. You don't need to argue me, man. I'm I'm, just saying. I'm just saying. I am. I'm compelled to argue with you. No, it's okay. I'm not saying I believe it. I'm just saying like, oh, like it's interesting that they did that because maybe something does happen. That's bad, but I don't think she's going to, like, turn. Like, I don't think that's happening. I think maybe what's actually happening and what people are picking up on is she might. Yeah. I, I you know what I'm saying? completely think that is what is going to happen. Which is clever, actually, if they're writing it that way. It's um, kind of smart. <laughs> but then again, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, dude, how obvious would it be, though, that those Mandalorians who show up are the spies? 
Okay, how obvious okay, is that wait, wait. This is a brilliant theory, and I don't even want you to just like drop it right now because we're gonna I'm drop sorry, it. Sorry, sorry. It's such a good theory, and oh, I am God. a thousand percent behind it. But I have, a, I have another idea. I said earlier in this podcast that I thought of something else about the spy thing. Okay. IG twelve. Oh. My homie's there. Why is Grogu there, dude? Why did Din say he should come with on the most dangerous mission that they have ever been on? <laughs> like, seriously, that is weird to me. Why was he there? It is weird. It is and weird. And he doesn't do anything. So the only thing I can think of is that he's there because IG-12 needed to be there because IG-12 is actually the spy. We're going to find that out next episode. That he's got like a plant or something. And then those little dudes are actually bad because we have never gotten those little dudes being bad. That would be kind of interesting. This is a theory I have not heard from anyone. Oh, <laughs> oh I'm clubbing. And a very interesting one. Just saying. I know how to write, boys. That'd be hmm. kind of smart, wouldn't it? Also, 12 being like a number that indicates like midnight. Like, like. But I feel like 12 is also. It's kind of a holy number, too. It is a holy number. So maybe not. Oh. But it is a theory I haven't <laughs> the heard yet that, that yeah. IG 12 has an implant or something, like a sleeper button or something. Interesting. Or a tracker. Or a tracker. Um, okay. So this, this Twitter thread that of 1700 things that prove, quote unquote, that the armor is bad. Yeah. One of them is that somehow Gideon. Huh? Palpatine return. Yes. Yeah. Somehow Gideon knows that the Mandalorians are gonna try to take over Mandalore again. Okay. Mm. How let's, would he know that? Hmm? How would he know that? <laughs> let's the armorer, watch, perhaps? Let's watch the episode, <laughs> everybody. Okay. Let's watch it. Okay. Let's not project onto it. Let's watch it. <laughs> yeah, true. The People do be projecting while they're watching. Good. They don't see anything. Night. The projection Yikes. that's happening. Yikes. The episode opens again with Alia Kane having a meeting. Can I just say this episode's heat? With This episode is heat. Heat. It's so heat. good. So good. I was in tears. 9.5 out of 10. Like when I cry. And you, you don't even like good. Paz. Dude. No, that's not why I cry. Oh. Okay. I cried because of how freaking amazing that episode was. Oh, okay. oh, all right, that's fair. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, this is some fresh air." A, God, see if you'd ah. have been with us at celebration in that no, screen. No, my this guy. is why I'm mad, brother. We would have been all crying together. This is why I'm mad, son. Why? <sighs> I'm mad because the week before my capstone was going to be shown, the thing, the most recent thing I had to work with to inspire my creative endeavors was the previous episode. Which, in comparison to this episode, is night and day, right? Like, we're not... This episode is so much better than that episode, in my opinion. And if this episode had come out... Because I y'all don't know this. I was struggling pretty immensely with this revision. So, basically, I had to turn in the project, and then I had, like, a couple weeks to revise the thing. And the expectations that people have was that I was going to revise the whole score, which would have been really, really difficult. I was really burnt out, really stressed out. It was not a great process. But if this episode had been out for that week... You think it would have lit a fire under happened. your ass? Bro, I don't know. I don't know. That hyped me up. I was like All right, kind of well. sad that I didn't have anything to work on after watching that, believe it or not. 
Well, so, maybe if you'd have thought of my I should have watched it quadruple theme in the last episode, it would have sparked your imagination. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'd be like, wow. <laughs> okay, Big can brain. I please can I please address this issue that I am dying to address? I guess, man. Who cares? One because I'm. <laughs> Who cares about lot, these issues? Because a couple people on Twitter have been like explain why this is a bad idea i'm like i would love to and i'm gonna do it on the podcast Uh, on our podcast yeah okay (laughs) okay so that i have seen in many places people saying how would gideon know that the mandalorians mandalorians are uniting to take over mandalore unless the armorer has told him again watch the episode he has a meeting with alia kane in which Alia Kane tells Gideon, A, the Mandalorians helped liberate Navarro from the pirates. B, um, Bo-Katan's Mandalorians and the Armorer's Mandalorians have joined together. (laughs) Yeah. And Gideon has no idea that either of those things have happened. This is new information for him. You can tell. He says it. They hate each other. How can this be? Yeah. Okay. We watch this man <laughs> walk from that meeting with Elia hallway down the coolest hallway ever made. Oh, God, bro, I was hyped. <laughs> triangular tr- hallway of, of dark side power, yep. you know. I was with, hyped. With new... Um, Super commandos, I guess. Oh, that leads me to another dumb theory that I will have to tell you about. Um, Sorry, I don't like to use the word dumb, but it is pretty dumb. Um, (laughs) He walks directly from the meeting with Elia into the Shadow Council meeting. Unless he has an earpiece. By the way, is Shadow Council? I'm sorry. sorry. Unless he has an earpiece in his ear in which the armorer has said, (laughs) heads up, my guy. Um, we're, We're fixing to take over Mandalore again. Yeah, they just like have Zoom calls. He walks into the meeting with the Shadow Council and immediately tells them the Mandalorians are being problematic. I need extra security because of them, because in my opinion, basically, I forget what his exact verbiage is, but it's kind of to the effect of, I believe, in my opinion, in my assessment of the information I have just been given by my spy, that the Mandalorians are planning to try to take back Mandalore. He never says anything like, I know for a fact, or I am sure about, like he he just took the intel that Elia Kane gave him, walked down a hallway into another meeting and quickly assessed the situation because you know what? He's intelligent. He's high up, you know? He's in the board meeting of all the leaders. He's like a big deal in this organization. He's not stupid. Nobody told him that. The armorer didn't tell him that. Noah Axe Woves didn't tell him that. Whoever you want to think is the spy on the inside didn't tell him that. He assessed it on his own from the information, from the intel from Elia Kane. Mm. Okay, next. <laughs> next next problem um next. no <clears throat> from seinfeld so he didn't no learn that for you he did not learn that from anyone he just oh can i figured please, it out on his can own can i please ask my more important question than sure. discussing these dumb things mm-hmm. so <laughs> um they're not dumb 
honestly, I kind of think it would be interesting if the armor was bad and see how they justified it. But um, careful of that fan, though. I know, but I'm dying. Um, what was I saying? No. Uh, <sighs> you had something important to tell me. Oh, is the is Shadow Council? Is that a thing? Like, has that been referred to before? I don't know. In a book or something? I'm not sure, but oh. but really cool concept here. Okay, so we've got... It feels like something that's been in something else. Well, a couple of those people have been in other things. And they're no, pulling but... them into live action yeah. now. Yeah. So Gideon's on the Shadow Council. Um, clearly a bunch of randos that we haven't... They don't even have names yet. But also present on the Shadow Council is... Uh, Pelion, who is, um, he was in Rebels, I guess, briefly, but mostly he's from a Thrawn novel called Thrawn Quillen oh. Treason, which is the third book in the new, I think the newer Thrawn trilogy. Okay. Um, and he's his right hand man. Uh, and I guess he was in Legends too. And then they pulled him into the Thrawn, you know, he's like been pulled from Legends. He's one of the lucky lucky few that they have plucked from legends and put into canon again yeah and apparently according to everybody that i heard say this actor looks exactly like the drawing or wherever of uh, no of pelion oh sorry sorry oh there's a drawing okay yeah. cool 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 cool. and cool. i've seen the picture and my god he does nice yeah it's pretty funny next we have hux daddy daddy hux <laughs> yeah brindle hux from the aftermath books and other stuff in the kind of Disney era canon, and obviously he's General Hux's dad, and he appears to be in charge of Project Necromancer, which I can only assume is somehow Palpatine returned. Has returned. Yes. <laughs> he's in charge. That's the second of, time you've done that. He's in charge of somehow Palpatine has returned. Yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> rip, um, rip all of film. That's what necromancer means. So not exactly reminded me of uh uh dead space oh dead space yeah the weird aliens are called necro uh necromance necromancers are they resurrected from the dead yeah they're like the game's weird basically there's like this like alien like virus or something that like infects people and turns them into like these like xenomorphs but way scarier than Mm. xenomorphs like well, I'm still have hoping to... that they do like a live action for that. That'd be so amazing. I have to question their naming of that project because usually it's not quite so on the nose. Like, <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> sus. It's, sus. It should just be called Project Bring Palps Back from the Dead. Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Revive Palps. Um, but I really liked the dialogue in this scene because they're basically cool. giving us all the, way more information than we've had on what's been going on behind the scenes. Yeah. At this entire show, more or less. Yeah. yeah. Like, because now we can connect the dots with the, the original Imperial guy and Pershing and what they were doing over here. And it's going to connect the dots to Thrawn coming back, which is happening, clearly. Um, <sighs> Do you think he's going to be in this last one? He, we might get a stinger. <sighs> I feel like we might get a stinger. That would be so cold. It would be so cold. Ooh. That'd be so cool. That was one of the things that was announced at Celebration. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Lars but how Mikkelsen. Would they, there's no way that it's been known for that long. What? Like that they would have him in the final episode of this season of Mandalorian. Wasn't this finished like a year ago? 
Yeah, but they've been drawing this Mandoverse out probably since the beginning. Yeah, I guess. What they were going to do. You think they're going to do the song of Bo-Katan or something? I don't I mean, think they are. But it's but perfect, it, though. Damn, it's perfect. It, it be, writes itself. It, writes it itself. really would be amazing. I don't think they're going to. It writes but itself. I had speculated irresponsibly again that um, wouldn't it be cool if instead of the Book of Boba Fett stinger at the end of season two's Mandalorian, we got the song of Bo-Katan as a little side chapter show, but uh, I don't think they're going to do it. I will, uh, I will fall down dead if they do. Well, I do think so like, happy. I actually, I do have an opinion. I have been seeing other people who are upset about, they feel like this show is totally being taken from Din. You know, those people who are saying that I roll. So, but here's my thinking. So. Here's my thinking though. Cause in a way it is. Like in a way it is because tell you it's what? about it's not real it the opinion of course that we have here is that it's never been about him. That's been about yeah the foundation like the refounding of uh or rebuilding of Mandalorian culture basically and like the plural Mandalorian, you know what I mean? Yes. Collective Mandalorian. Yes. And Rick uh, Famuyiwa has oh, yeah, come yeah, yeah. right out true, and true, said true. that. That is true. So but that's what I'm saying. Like it makes sense that that's happening. I'm just talking personal preference. I really do like when he is the focus in the show. I just like that character and I like seeing like what he does. Mm-hmm. But it, and it's interesting seeing it in a new light, how he's like kind of become this like knight to this yeah. higher position. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if they do take the route of having her have her own show, I think I get best of best I get best of both worlds because like I do kind of want him to be the main character. Just like part of me would does, but I also get her to be the main character in something else. So it's like you get best of both worlds, you know. Speaking of side chapters, uh, I feel... Do you disagree? Or- I-, I very much disagree. I just think the whole show is about all the Mandalorians and I'm but totally happy about it. But I was, I agree with that. I'm okay. saying, you know, is your personal preference not having him be like the main character? I have no problem with him not being the central focus all the time oh yeah 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 yeah. okay no i just don't feel like he's been the central focus at all this season is it worthy of saying am i worthy to say that yeah i think that's true yeah it's interesting that's true and i'm a-okay yeah that's interesting that's interesting i don't Uh, know how i feel about it i think it's i feel but i feel like when she's on screen she's like a huge sort like power to have that actress playing that character i think she should have her own show frankly i would it doesn't work love it (laughs) i would love for her to have her own little side gig do what if but i also feel like if they were going to do that they would have said something at celebration but maybe not maybe they want to save it a surprise who knows did they do that for book of boba fett i don't think they They did did not so that was a huge it was a don't you remember i was screaming i was was crazy it was such a surprise and how they kept it a surprise was crazy um bringing up boba fett I feel a Boba Fett swooping in. Ooh, that'd be sick. That'd be so cool. We haven't heard from him. I know, what the heck? All season. Why would he do that, though? Um, Why would he do that? Yeah. <laughs> let's I think stumped of, you, bro. Let's think of how he would know that they're in trouble. Like, a lot of trouble. He never went to Navarro, did he? Boba Fett? Yeah. Ooh. We haven't seen him do that, at least. Oh, wait, no, doesn't didn't literally say, like, hey, like, if we ever... 
if you ever need someone, I'll give you a call or something. Yeah. There has to be something like that at the end of the show. But like, I'm saying, I'm trying to think when they would have had a chance or who would have, like, hmm. sent him a text and been like, <laughs> this might get rough. Maybe help. Hmm. R5 is there, though. Oh, true, 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 R5 true, true. is there. He is there. And so is Grogu. Yeah. Grogu totally would call him. True. Don't you think? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, especially watching his dad get carted away like that. He would Big be like, rip. we got a call Boba That was a good scene. I like that Boba. scene, that, by the way. Oh, it was horrible. Godular. It. Crazy. Um, okay, back to the freaking Shadow Council. It's too Thanos-y, um, though. Hmm? It was too Thanos-y, though. It reminded me too much of Thanos. Oh, <laughs> maybe. It? I didn't think it's about the that. same, dude. <laughs> it's the same. You know how often I think of Thanos? I mean, but that scene literally from, never. But that scene <laughs> of the last two movies, that scene is by far the best scene when they're like almost getting him, you know? I guess, yeah. As that's a true. fan who isn't really a fan, I'm just like, yo, yo, they're so close. It's crazy. Um, but that anyway, this the Shadow Council scene gave us lots of information. The lore. And of what has been going on behind the scenes and how they're trying to fly under the radar because if they make too much noise, the New Republic is going to notice them and come after them. Like, perfect. Perfectly played. Excellent. Yeah. Um, but Gideon is mad because apparently Thrawn's guys, like Hux and Pelion, are getting all the money and they're getting all the attention. And they're getting all the everything they want. And in the meantime, the rest <laughs> of them are just out here kind of begging for for scraps, it seems like. Um, so he asks for, like, a bunch of ships and a Praetorian guard. Dun, dun, dun. Yes, which, which I really didn't think was anything but a name drop, just for fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but not. I honestly did not <laughs> they think. They hooked him up fast with that. Did not think we were going to see Praetorian guard in this episode. Oh, my God. Uh, like on oh god like rip paths and everything but <laughs> i there are there are some things that i hold very very dear to my heart and one of them in star wars the red guards are the red guards yes we know this of any sort <laughs> i don't care if they're imperial guard i don't care what they are if they are head to toe in red that's savage sexy that's all <laughs> hey kids listen to the podcast okay now. Sorry. we know this sorry now. sorry all right the whole time, though, they're in this place and he's walking down this crazy hallway with all these super commandos. What were you thinking? What Were you like, what is this place? <laughs> yeah. Where is he? Because he doesn't have a ship anymore. And it literally looked like a pl like a planet. It didn't look like a ship because there was like rock kind of. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Did you for one second think that that was Mandalore at that point? Oh, no, no, not at all. That no. Zero percent of me thought I was floored. I could not believe. Did you did you know it was Mandalore? Oh God, no! I had no. Oh, okay, I okay. had no. I just thought, yeah. okay, well, he must be <sighs> holed up in some imperial friendly place or something. Bro, that felt bad. That was so upsetting. It was so bad. <laughs> I was. I flipped. I, fl I, I flipped. We're, we're getting ahead of ourselves. No, I told you. I told you. No, we do. It's fine. Go ahead. So. I was going to say, like, I actually vocalized when I noticed that. 
Did you did you drop an F bomb? No. Oh, okay. But I was like, yeah. I did. I did. I was like that. No, I just couldn't keep. I kept saying, "This is cold. That's cold. This is cold. This is the coldest thing." And then he with the armor too. I'm like, he's so. That's what I'm saying. Savage. He's bro. so obsessed with them and the dark saber and yeah. everything. There's got to be a reason other than just he's like appropriating their culture, which I guess is I mean, an option. It's a pretty good reason though. But for a villain, it just seems like, and the fact that he has. Okay, I don't want to say. Be careful. <laughs> horns yeah. on his helmet because uh, uh, the armor. whole armor thing with the cap they're feathers my they're feathers <laughs> i'm telling you oh you think so? they're owl feathers yes oh. they're bird feathers <laughs> yes they do not look like the same kinds of horns that gar saxon who by the way <laughs> was the only one that had those horns yeah like i said i watched all the episodes i had i had it in my mind from everybody saying this horn helmet theory about the armor being bad just because she has horns on her helmet. I had it in my mind that that entire faction of Mandalorians that followed Maul must have all had horns on their helmet. No, no, just Gar Saxon. And they pretty much exactly match the ones that Gideon has. Like they're big and they're curved and they look like they look like um, Savage Opress horns, to be honest. They don't even really look much like Maul's. Anyway, that's besides the point. If we're going to talk about <laughs> horns on the helmet, I think the armorers are feathers. Okay, interesting. I never thought of it like that Like an way. owl, because her her mask is, I've said it a hundred times, very Greek Athena looking mask. Yeah. And she was the goddess of wisdom, among other things. And an owl was one of her like animal yeah. Buddies, familiars, whatever. Sorry, Symbols. There's some, there's, some, there's some tea going on in the um, chat right now, and I've seen the text pop up. <laughs> well, tell them to put the tea on hold. No, it's good tea. Okay. All right. So theory number two that I see all over the place regards these, these soldiers that look like Imperial Super Commandos. The new fleet, the new... They're not they're not robots anymore. They're actual people. You can tell when they're fighting that they're so good. It's so good. And that they have Beskar alloy. Armor solid. So I have seen in more than one place again, this is not just like one person's crazy thing. How would they know how to make Beskar armor unless the armor taught them? I mean, so I'm sure you have a reason as to why it is false, but I mean, it is like. It's a way to think. Okay. It's a way to think it. But here's I why do, I do think. Here's why you could drive a truck right through the holes of that that theory. Okay. It's just armor. It's just armor. It's not magical. <laughs> it's true. not a lightsaber. <laughs> it doesn't true. require magic okay, to make you yelling a little bit. To make metal armor. I I see what you mean. Who taught the Republic how to make armor? I see what you mean. Who taught yeah, okay. all right, all right, Morgan Elsbeth? Okay, 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 okay. How to make a best scar All right, all right, all right. Fine. Just we can move on. I mean, this we, we no, don't we want can't. to get too caught up. Yeah, yeah, dude. Just let me finish. Bro. Though. The only reason that the armor is of any significance and it's like ceremonial when she makes it is because she's like their high priestess. She's like the keeper of the culture. 
And we've said, they, they've said it a hundred million times that their armor is sacred. Their armor is their culture. Their armor is their legacy. It's been handed down from generations for thousands of years. It is very, very significant to them in their culture. That's the only reason why it's a big deal for a Mandalorian armorer to make armor. It's not that it's crafted specially or there's some technique or something. It's just not. It's regular armor. It's like, I can go to the store and buy bread and wine. Does that make it a Catholic sacrament if I do? No. Anybody can go to the store and buy bread and wine. It only becomes special when you're at mass and the priest says, this is the body and blood of Jesus Christ. That's it. It's the same thing. Okay. It's not, it's not, it doesn't need to be specially made. It's just a metal. And it's in abundance on this planet, which makes a lot of sense why he would, you know, build his base there because he's mining um, Beskar, I'm sure, to make all this stuff. Tick. Next next thing on the list. Okay. Uh, the light cruiser with the Mythosaur painted on the bottom is so badass. I just, really cool. <laughs> I just wrote that down. It is pretty cool. <laughs> Did you go, oh, like I was like, yeah, oh, that's sick. Um, Grogu sitting on his mom's lap. I wanted to cry. So sweet. Oh, yeah. So sweet. And I wanted to post so bad about it and I couldn't. Tough. It was so it was so tough. Um, all right. IG12 now. Now I'm suspicious of IG12. Thanks mm. a lot. <laughs> um, but hilarious, the whole scene. Yeah. Honestly, with IG12 and Baby Yoda riding in the Tin Man's heart, where the Tin Man's heart would be. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. It's, cool. it's so cute. And just the fact that that grief, grief is like, no, let him try it. No, let him try it. It's like if your your cool uncle comes over and bought like a a Swiss Army knife to give to your three year old. <laughs> He's like, no, no, just let him out. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. It's not. It's not dangerous in any way yeah. or annoying or a loud toy. You know, when you get loud toys for your birthday. Well, you don't know because you're not a parent. Yeah. But when somebody gives your kid a loud, annoying toy for Christmas or your birthday, you kind of want to kill them because <laughs> then you have to sit there and deal with it for the next year. Um, and the line, Grogu is too young to operate heavy machinery. Yeah. <laughs> what in the hell? That did not make you laugh. Why is that funny? Grogu is too young to operate heavy machinery. I don't know why that's You funny. did not find that funny. That's legit. Why is that funny? It's just funny not to me oh, but okay no <laughs> um well the crowd was in hysterics i can tell you that, oh, okay, that okay, i okay. saw it with that entire scene is so i didn't it was so relatable if you have ever had a toddler ah or a preschooler ever but why are you asking me if i think it's funny if i've never had a toddler or a preschooler because ever? just saying grogo is too young to operate heavy machinery like every time he just or he says things so deadpan sometimes oh <laughs> that yeah. it makes it funny okay but um, if you're if we're if we're tracking Grogu's emotional development, because he is a child, and if you're in, you have a psych degree like I do, you recognize this as the stage of emotional development in a child when they are um, starting to express emotions and not just recognize them in other people. He's starting to have a voice even though he cannot speak right and all the yes no 
he's learning to use language to express his emotions, which is really right on track for he's he acts very toddlery. He acts very almost preschool, but not quite. So um, the fact that they're giving him like this voice and that he eventually uses it like very independently and uses his own moral compass to like stop the fight between Paz Vizsla and Axe Woves. Yeah. And Din says right out, I didn't teach him that. He's definitely going to talk. Yeah, probably. I believe it. What do you think he's going to say? Uh, what do you think he's going to say? Um, I personally think it's going to be something um, very empathy driven. Okay. And probably something to the effect of like save him or oh something like that like trying to tell Bo to oh help his dad or something like that yeah that would be interesting hmm. i think maybe he could just say his own name or something oh really you think he's just gonna say grogu maybe or din or something a name dad i feel like that's classic dad, yeah. dad. maybe and no, i don't know about that <laughs> but you know what i mean yeah, I, I just feel like whatever it is, I feel like it's going to be empathy driven because he's okay. learning that at the moment, you know? Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to tweet about immediately after seeing this episode was who they are messing with us. Who is this quirky looking <laughs> Mandalorian? Yeah. They cast that guy knowing full well. Clones or Clone Wars people are going to be like, that guy looks like Corky, but he's too young to be Corky. So he's not Corky, but they're definitely messing with us. Do people think he's still alive? I mean, I hope he's still alive. I thought he died. Corky? Yeah. No, we never saw what happened to him. Oh, okay. He could pro- he could be, um, for all we know, he could be one of the children of the Watch. Ah. Uh, you know? True, true, true. We haven't true. seen them yet. That's true. Alrighty, so eventually we get the scene where they Bo needs volunteers from both sides to go on the mission to um, scout out Mandalore. And she wants, like I said, both sides. So a bunch of people volunteer. All of our main named guys volunteer, including the armorer. Um, and during the scene, this theme that joseph shirley has written for this like new united mandalore mm-hmm. mandalorian people mm-hmm. is so good yeah it's so game of thrones which worries me a little bit <laughs> yeah because you know it, it's very it, the danny vibes are rolling off of bo like in waves oh true in my opinion yeah, yeah. so you know worried <laughs> as always for bo but um, again, another another thing people think is suspicious that the armor did in this particular episode is to volunteer to go to Mandalore. Hmm. Why we think this is suspicious, I do not understand. <laughs> she volunteered to go to Navarro too. Nobody said anything about that. 
I, I don't know. I can't even explain that one, but that's something that people think. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm just here to say it's not. She's the leader. Of course she would go. And she went to Navarro too. So well, big deal. Um, I just wrote all the ships are just badass. Like their whole hey, fleet. The kids, man. I'm sorry, but they are. No swearing. <laughs> I can't help it. They're so cool. Yeah, they are. <sighs> they are really cool. Um, very interesting that Axe Woves says that he was there on the night of the Thousand Tears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of crazy. That was really sad when they were flying over yeah, Mandalore and they were all just kind of waiting to drop off the, you know. It was weird. It was like, it didn't seem very happy. And yeah. they were all in shock about how bad it looked and how uber destroyed it was, I guess. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there, some people think that the, if there is another spy, that it could be him. Uh, Axe. Whoops. Oh, oh, oh. Because he does bolt. Possibly. In the middle of the battle. Uh, um, that's true. Hmm. But here's, here's my, here's my platform. I just don't think, yes, he's a mercenary. I get it. He's been doing jobs for money all this time that Bo has been gone from them. And they all abandoned her because she didn't have the Darksaber. Mm -hmm. um, yes, they're guns for hire. But when it comes to working for the Imperials, though, mm, I just don't see any of them turning on their own kind i i just and i know it's happened in the past and gar saxon and blah 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 i know but this after the night of the thousand that was pre-purge okay gar saxon and and then other guy um i can't remember his name but the one in rebels that um gets sabine to work on the weapon again the duchess weapon oh you uh, you need to watch rebels <laughs> Bro. This summer, you're watching it. I think I just came up with the smartest theory. Okay, let's hear it. You're not even ready. I'm this ready. is not at all what you're talking about right no, now. No, no, no. I, wanna, <laughs> I don't care. I love wild theories. Let's go. Oh, okay, man. Okay, man. So, I'm clipping again. Dang it. How did that clip? It's crazy. Okay. The robot thing. That everyone thinks is like the weirdest thing in Star Wars. It's not weird anymore. What robot thing? The thing that everyone... The robot thing on Mandalore that everyone was like, what the heck is that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Not even weird anymore. Not even weird, number one. Because the Empire's been on that planet. That is definitely an Empire thing. 100%. That's number one. Gu guaranteed. Why would that exist? What is that thing if it's not an Imperial thing? Be honest with me. I just assumed it was some sort of, some sort of native life form that had to survive, and so it built that thing. Mm, okay, so here's what I'm saying, right? Here's what I'm getting my point to. Actually, it's not. It's kind of relevant because you're talking about the spy thing. So those dudes who show up on the boat, right? Yes, that we haven't gotten to yet. Here's but... the thing, though. This is something that I. Noticed in that episode, and I always thought it was really weird, the episode with the robot. Yes. 
It's like this is weird, and I have not been able to explain it. But well, maybe like it's this just is just freaking weird. <laughs> no, not the robot. Oh. It's actually not about the robot. Okay. It's about the armor laying around. Because there's like a few moments in that episode where he like picks up this armor and it's just kind of like laying on the ground. And this robot thing is like for some reason draining the blood, it seems, of Mandalorians or whatever. I'm like, what is happening? Like, what is this? Right? What if like those Mandalorian, no, those dudes on the boat are actually guys from the Empire mm-hmm. who just like picked up the armor that has apparently been just like laying around all the time and just like put it on. And, no, like, I'm with you with that theory. I'm a thousand percent. Because they could totally just do that. But how does that pertain to the weird thing underground? That well, I was thinking maybe like what if, what if the robot was Imperial and it was doing that blood stuff to get the DNA of Mandalorians? And what if they're trying to clone? Because we see like those weird test tubes in this episode. We see him wearing this like crazy armor that's obviously like Mandalorian inspired. What if he's like? Do you remember how he says? Did uh. Moff Gideon says that weird line about how, like it has me in it. Yes. So and that what if whole it's like was very? What if there's like some DNA weird. Mandalorian? Like they're trying to reinvent the Mandalorian to be like this like imperial take like force that they could use to like reinvigorate the Empire and like just like have this okay unstoppable power right there. Here's what makes sense about that because. My my first question when we saw those super commandos was, are those robots? And clearly they're not because you hear you can tell there there's humans in there when they're fighting the Mandalorians. So maybe those big test tubes that Gideon walks are like by, Mandalorians or something. they're growing Mandalorians. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't hate it. I'm God. <laughs> I'm God. I don't hate it. Literally just came to me just now, y'all. Crazy. Because it was weird that he had those big test That's tubes. What I'm saying, like, why are those there? Why is he on Mandalore? What's up with the robot thing? And why is it specifically draining blood? That is something that is weird. And I like that did not need to be the case. You know? Why is it blood? Because blood has DNA in it. Duh. Hmm interesting Mm. and maybe that thing under there is just like maybe it's like a grievous kind of thing like it's just like a weird being that they like captured and it's like do this for us you know yeah we'll we'll feed you if you yeah something like that capture mandalorians for us something like that i feel yeah i feel like there's a lot there but i do think like huh there's gotta be something going on with like the cloning and the Mandalorians. Well, because he basically says the... he basically says to to Hux, cloning is your interest. I couldn't give a, I couldn't care less. But yeah. you know he does care because <laughs> he was after Grogu That's for dumb. the longest time. He was and there's that whole episode in the Mandalorian with Pershing in the second season, with there being like that cliffside lab. Yep. Going on. Yep. Yeah. Brother. Maybe he's just growing instead of cloning um but the question is why jango fett he's just cloning mandalorians Mandalorians just because they're easy to come by i guess why would he do that whoever on that planet why would he do that though that's my question now why would he do that because because he'd have to be actively recruiting people to be in those suits otherwise 
Oh, so you think those stormtroopers are Mandalorians? Like clone Mandalorians? Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah. Isn't that oh. what you're saying? <laughs> what are you nah. saying? <laughs> well, I guess that's a take on what I'm saying. What I'm yeah. saying is I think the whole point of the show right now could be that he is creating this army out of Mandalorian DNA. No, he did say every the Jedi have something to offer. The exactly. that's, Mandal- what, that's what I'm even saying. the that Mandalorians speech, like, have speech. something to offer. Right, right. And I'm making a super soldier, basically. Oh, that dude, that's obviously in Mandalorian armor. Oh, that's it. That's literally it. Like, why that happened? I bet. I bet you that robot is like a imperial thing, for sure. Mm, Plus, it even kind of carries around like that staff that like reminds me of. Um, I guess it's from the prequels but the but those droid guards that used to carry yeah. like this thing yeah 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 uh, i don't know okay <laughs> I'm, I'm putting that in my book of all right irresponsibly speculating theories i don't that think I that's like. irresponsible that's proof i had the evidence you do have, you do have some evidence that'd be um, pretty cool if i called it it would it would be it would I be would, a very random i thing literally just like solved the entire season <laughs> in the middle of your talking okay Back to Axe Woves, him being a suspect okay. of, of possible spy candidate. I don't think he would work with the Imperials, no matter yeah. what. Especially, they went out of their way for him to say, I was here on during the purge. Uh-huh. And it sucked. He didn't say what side he was on, though. Oh, stop it. <laughs> he didn't do Why dude. are you doing that? It's truth. It's truth. I speak the truth. Okay, here's a big question for you. Why are they looking for the big forge? Mm. I don't know. Why is that the place they're going to go? I don't know. Where else so, would they go? Well, I don't know. <laughs> but why would they go there? Like, yes, there was talk about the forge. It's like their cultural center. A couple of episodes ago. And I'm sure the going theory is, oh, well, the armorer said, let's find the forge because she knows that it's near the Imperial base and blah, <laughs> blah, blah. Yeah. She is not the one that says, let's go find the forge. Hmm. Bo-Katan is the one that says, we're going to find the forge. So there is no connection there. Like at no time do we see the armorer tell her, let's find the forge. They're just kind of talking about it as... A very meaningful place you know in man on mandalore so right i'm very con- i'm a little confused about that except for um the fact that it's like a significant meaningful place for them well, i think that's it but it's awfully coincidental that it's right near the base the imperial base well i think that maybe he just wanted to build it next to the forge because again that's like a cultural center he's weird and he's obviously trying to adapt <laughs> weird <laughs> assimilate himself into the culture so maybe interesting okay i don't um, think it's that complicated it was just a little detail where i was like wait a minute why are we going to the forge <laughs> when we could literally be going anywhere in the entire city and we're going there and it just happens to be next to the base yeah um okay but maybe that's just bad writing i don't know <laughs> okay i love the fact that blast points calls the mandalorians on the boat the rando mandos oh that's my favorite thing we're gonna that's... call them that too we're stealing it. <laughs> okay 
Okay. Because it's a good way to, to, to you it know. It is, it is, it is. Other than calling him Skinny Pete, which right. I probably will call him Skinny Pete because he's from Breaking Bad. Yeah. Also. The first thing they say when they come upon the random Randomandos, yeah, do you have food? What a better thing to say to make it seem like you're hungry, you're starving, you're weak, you're not threatening in any way. Other than, do you have food or do you have water? Like, those two things immediately put them, like, low down on the threatening scale for the other Mandalorians, right? Yeah. Very much feeds into your theory that they are the spies. The other spies in the I'm title. I'm not the only one saying that, right? <laughs> Dear God. You're not the only only one. Is there one? not a lot of people saying that? But I mostly see, so I will say, I will, I mostly see armorer or axe woves. I've seen a few uh, okay. say it's the random mandos. But didn't I say, though, I did say, though, in this episode at some point that it would be too obvious, perhaps, for those to be the spies. But I don't think it is because I think a lot of people are not picking up <laughs> on the. Okay, explain why you immediately were suspicious of them though because i mean there's multiple is, reasons but the lost oh, sure. connection was okay. so good that's yeah. what convinced me because the first the shot of them like encroaching on the ship uh, sorry wait no they were walking right at the yeah they're walking so the 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 rando mando's ship encro- encroaching on this like caravan of mandalorians was very similar to the scene from lost at the end of the th- third season very first season oh the first spoiler season. Oh. alert spoiler alert it's the first season Dang, that show's fire. it is the finale <laughs> of the first season that and if you fire. have not seen it turn skip turn this off two or three minutes because we do not want to spoil lost for you it's an amazing True. first season the finale. last thing you want spoiled for you yeah but this is what happened so um the you know there's there i'm not even gonna say the names of the characters but the, some of the characters are getting off this island that they've been stranded on on a raft and it's like a super super happy moment and like it's like crazy optimistic and the whole season has not been optimistic it's like the first moment it's a really 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 good scene good music iconic and they're leaving on the water but then this boat like this small boat comes out of nowhere kind of they see it on their radar on they pick it up from a distance just like oh, this yeah, like i said yeah yeah, yeah. On just their like little this. radar yeah and they're all excited because they're yeah. trying to get rescued so what do they want to see they want to see a boat yeah from like civilization that's going to rescue them okay continue yeah so this is actually kind of in a way the opposite but also the same because in lost it's like they're happy and then they're not happy in this it's kind of like they're nervous they're and then they're not but then, but then they're like, "Do you have food?" You see what I'm saying? But do you hear what I'm saying? Yes. Okay, so it's like the opposite. Is that the of. voice of Bo-Katan Kree? It's the same scene. It's the same scene. It just and was a vibe. I'm not even done yet. It was a vibe. So in Lost, they find these people on this raft. These guys, like you don't know who they are, but you just assume because there's been no other people in the show for an entire season. And you're like, "Oh my god, they're getting rescued!" And there's a boat. Like that's crazy. Uh, but then it turns out that they're really, really, really bad, and they actually abduct a child from them. It's a very, very ugly scene. It's so scary. But it's like a boat on another boat, two groups of people. One group of people is like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's, a, it's the same thing. And it's kind of a long, drawn-out scene. If I recall correctly, like, the boat approaches slowly. Very slowly, And yeah. it's quiet. Yeah. And, and it's quiet in this scene. There's no music in Mandalorian. There's no music during this scene. And they're just beyond view 
in Lost, there's a light that like covers them. Like you can't see them. You can just hear them kind of. Kind of, yeah. But in this, they're just far enough. And I love the POV thing. Yeah. That's super ominous. Yeah. That was really cool. In Mandalorian, there's like the POV image where like you see these people on this boat. They're like standing there kind of and they're just like, do you have food? Yeah. Kind of creepy. It's kind of creepy. But then they start flying and that was kind of creepy too, actually, because they had like capes. Kind of well, they're like ghosts. Man- they have, yeah, they have Mandalorian jetpacks. I wonder they- if they kind of purposely wanted the kind of like depict them as ghosts visually or something because they really did like that guy with the cape who just like levitates is very yeah. ghostly but anyway yeah i the thought that was Ailey's. a connection but that is telling me <laughs> the reason we're even talking about this is because that hint of lost is could potentially very indicative of them being the spies because you know the people on the boat that approach our yeah. lost characters end up being fake yeah yeah very fake. they're they Very they're bad. wearing costumes like they're actually yep. wearing costumes yep. so that the people on the, the lost people on the raft think that they are. We used to call them back in the day, the sea billies, like, oh, yeah, like hillbillies, but they're like yeah. sailor. They have like sailor outfits on like yep. weird fishermen outfits. And we started calling them sea billies, yep. but it's all fake like they're in costumes. So we're gonna have to take the boy. When co- <laughs> the thing is, crazy. Hang crazy. on, hang on. I'll do this pretty well, bro. The thing is, pause. We're gonna have to take the boy. <laughs> and the then everybody the just stares at each other bro. for like ten seconds. That's a crazy scene. Oh my god, it's so good. You guys watch That's Lost. That's a crazy scene, dude. Uh, okay, back to these guys. They would have the opportunity, and they would have access to Beskar. So they could make fake Mandalorian outfits. They would, again, they would say, do you have any food to immediately lower the defenses of the the other Mandalorians? Because they think they're sick and weak. They keep talking about the sick and weak people that they have. Um, the one guy, Skinny Pete from, Be- from Breaking Bad, I swear to God, his shoulder pauldron is a battle droid head <laughs> okay okay nice what the heck is that like yeah. what is he just running around Mandal- mandalore finding scrap metal and putting it on his costume maybe to look like a mandalorian maybe um they're just very suspicious also guys. there is a dude one of them literally has their helmet and there's like a scar on it did you notice that no, I didn't. It's literally like a helmet, one of their helmets. I forget which one, but really? it has like a huge gash like in the front of it. It's clearly armor that they pulled off of Dead of Mandalorian. So very clearly, like, because there's bullet holes everywhere. Like, it's very makeshift, like, ugly and armor. And the fact that... Um, looks burnt. Armor, they, the armor literally looks burnt, really. What the heck is this boat skiff thing? Yeah, like, how on? would they have that? That seems imperial Mandalorians don't make boat skiff skiff things like that's not something yeah. that they do so delaney right away was like that looks like something <laughs> from avatar i'm like it you're does. right it does I, it's the sand crawler people thing it does not look like so a mandalorian like... jam at all also if we're thinking about john favreau writing this john favreau is definitely part of your generation and definitely probably loves that scene from lost for the exact same reason <laughs> we do so i guarantee you he thought of it he's probably friends he with damon to, lindelof <laughs> even if it's not on purpose he had to have thought of it because it's too similar at first like it's like literally the same scene in, in a okay so second. this is this is all circumstantial but here's where i feel like the proof lies 
later on when they are traveling across the planet and that big monster comes up they keep driving towards it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Watch the scene. Like yeah. they just keep driving towards it as if they want this ship to get destroyed because they, and then one of them, once they run away from the ship and the ship explodes, that one of those random mandos is like, we got to go deeper. We got to go down deeper, which is where they get ambushed. So, and then the battle, you kind of see a couple of the guys go down, but you don't really see them die. Like, you just kind of see them get hit with a blaster bolt. They're, if they're wearing Beskar, that's not going to kill them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. And they just go down. And then a couple of them, I think, get pushed off a cliff, but they have freaking jetpacks on. Right. So who cares? Right. I'm telling you. Oh, God. If it's not them, I will be shocked. I will be too, honestly. Um, Doesn't it come out Tuesday? Tuesday at 2 a.m. Okay. Crazy. Um, okay. So we find out that Bo-Katan actually surrendered to Gideon, which is a massive revelation. Drama. Very dramatic. And no wonder she feels like a huge failure and like she's a um she's got imposter syndrome because she literally surrendered, which is just something Mandalorians don't do. Yeah. But she did it to save lives. So it's okay, Bo. We love you anyway. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. The other thing. How did these? How did these randos survive? Like <laughs> how? There's no way, bro. With an imperial base there. Yeah. You're telling it's me. It's so stupid. Uh. Uh-uh. It's Cap. Nope. Nope. Yeah. It's them. <laughs> uh-uh. Uh. We we get a little Death Watch. Yeah. Mentioned. We get a little Concordia. I'm mentioned. sure people hearing the R. And by the way, another suspicious shot. And I don't think armor is bad. I, I will clarify again. When she is talking about the Death Watch, there's a real close-up shot on her. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like maybe trying to imply that she is Death Watch potentially. Well, one of the th- theories that I am actually into is that she is Logan actually Rook cast. Oh, I've seen people say that. That I would buy. Who is that? She was one of Maul's... Um, oh, mandalorians she's in the last season you know that last arc in season seven of, yeah. of clone wars yeah. she's got purple hair she's basically her oh, yeah, 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 yeah. her and gar saxon are the only two named people in in maul's little little battalion or whatever okay i i wouldn't hate it if that's her because it kind of makes sense like, she would leave. You know what I mean? Once Maul f- loses power, she would probably have to leave Sundari. Like, she would have to go somewhere else because everybody knew she was one of his... Like, she was a, she was loyal to Maul, who's, like, an outsider. Like, ew. Right. You know, she would probably have to hightail it and go live on Concordia or something like that. So that yeah. would make sense to me. It okay. doesn't mean she's a traitor. It doesn't mean she's a spy. It just means... She's Rook cast. Okay, cool. That's a little fun tidbit. Yeah. I don't don't think that necessarily means she's terrible or anything. Um, And then we have Bo-Katan restating for the record for the 20th time. Mandalore has always been too powerful for any enemy to defeat. It is always our own division that destroys us. And to me, that means there is 
absolutely a traitor at that table. There's got to be. Yeah. True. Um. Oh, then we get a romantic moonlight moment <laughs> between Bo and De- this. Come on. Oh, this seems good. If this didn't hit you in the this feels. This seems good, dude. I'm telling you, this seems good. This whole episode's good, but this scene was very good. Uh, Din says, they're alone. It's very romantically moonlit. It is. We were taught that everyone but us had forsaken the way that you were selfish and uncaring. And Bo-Katan says, I was selfish. True. Right? On God. But then Din, being the guy that he is. He swoops in. We'll rebuild it. Isn't that our history? For thousands of years, we've been on the verge of extinction. And for thousands of years we've survived um aka yeah. they are absolutely israelites yeah like, sure the, sure sure come on yeah yeah um and then din continues that blade means nothing to me or my people nor does True. station or bloodline what means more to me is honor loyalty character this is the best line of the whole episode it's fine. your song is not yet written i will serve you until it is it's good stuff Good stuff. It's so courtly, I thought, knightly. Oh my also, god! Also, that's kind of a crazy line, though, because that implies that he's going to be around her until she's dead. <laughs> Which well, means, if he has a story that exists somewhere out there that's just him, in a way, that she's maybe dead. she's dead. Yeah. I'm not sure that that's what that means necessarily. I think it just—he's just speaking to the fact that sh- he believes she is the true ruler, and he's going to serve her until she lives that out basically yeah okay i'm not so sure he meant (laughs) until you die (laughs) but i just want to reiterate my holy family is very much coming together in this episode in the previous one they're all together yeah mommy baby and daddy yeah so great um so the other one of the other things people are nitpicking is that the armor is terrible. She taught them that everybody except for their covert is had forsaken the way and are selfish and uncaring. And to that, I say, I thought you said you don't read this stuff. You've been only this episode talking about things that you've read that you disagree with. <laughs> well, no, I I started muting things afterwards because I just couldn't take it anymore. That How long some of this were stuff you reading? Did this not stuff? make any sense. Yeah. Um, the whole point of the show is like that there are different factions and they all believe to be a mandalorian means something differently it's not that first of all who says she was the one that taught them that in the first place right um they're probably about the same age maybe maybe she's a little older i don't know but let's not put all the responsibility of teaching that on the armor when we have no idea if that was actually her doing right Yes, she does believe that, but she was taught that too. So True. I don't know. I don't think that makes her a freaking traitor to her <laughs> entire race. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. This was my favorite thing ever. So I, I've said already twice, we saw this episode early while we we're at celebration. And we hung out a lot with Marie Claire Gould and her family, who are all lovely, by the way. <laughs> So I saw this episode and I knew that she hadn't um what in the world gotten to see it early. Homie. So I text I DM'd her as soon as I saw this episode and I said, 
We must speak. My guy. <laughs> we must hold counsel. Do you want to know three words that will explain this entire episode? <laughs> I don't want to spoil you if you don't want to be spoiled and it's nothing super specific, but would you like to know three words? And she's like, of course. Oh my gosh. And I messaged her back. Night, Night sea journey. Sea <laughs> journey. Yeah. On God. Once again... John Favreau. Not a K. No, this is N like nighttime. Yeah, okay. John Favreau has in his home as we speak entire shelves of books by Carl Jung, <laughs> Joseph Campbell, like you name it, he's got it on his shelf. Okay. This is such a pristine example of a night sea journey. It is. And very good. if you don't listen to what the force and you're unfamiliar with this term, let me just give you a couple of quotes. The night sea journey is a kind of descensus ad infernos, a descent Cut. into Hades and yeah. a journey to the land of ghosts somewhere beyond this world, beyond consciousness, hence an immersion in the unconscious. Mythologically, the night sea journey motif usually involves being swallowed by a dragon or sea monster tick there was a sea there was a monster or swallowed though. it all it's fine it also <laughs> represent it's also represented by imprisonment crucifixion dismemberment abduction experiences traditionally weathered by sun gods and heroes such oh, as gilgamesh lost? osiris christ dante odysseus aeneas what lost lost that's a lost thing in sure. the language of the mystics it is the dark night of the soul okay dang so basically, it is a storytelling, um, a, 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 ugh, what's the freaking word I'm looking for? Um, archetype? Yes. It's a storytelling archetype in which it's a way of talking about death and rebirth, like spiritually, you know, as an individual, in which the sun has gone down. And it is now night. And the sea typically represents, you know, the the uh, subconscious, the unconscious, whatever stuff that's going on in your brain that you do not know in your waking hours, basically. So it's a very it's it's like you're basically going to have to hit your lowest point before you can be reborn again. That's the whole okay, point of it. Okay, okay, okay. And you can look throughout storytelling, and it is there a lot. I'm sure. It doesn't necessarily have to be In water. <laughs> no, it can be. They've actually done this already. They had there was an episode in season two where they were um, on that boat in space. Oh yeah. Space yeah. was the sea, but they were yeah. they kept sleeping. They kept falling asleep. It, I think it was the Frog Lady. It was, yeah. Uh, arc. Yeah, there were a couple yeah, yeah. of episodes with Frog Lady, but um but this is textbook yeah. night sea journey. They're on something that looks like the sea. It's uh -huh. glass, but it's again green glass, reflective, very symbolic. Yeah. Um and they're on a boat with these people that they do not know that they probably should be a little more cautious of <laughs> that steer them directly into a monster. 
And then when they get their ship blows up, they in, they end up underground. Okay, <laughs> underground. It's actually the underworld. They're in <laughs> Hades because who's down there? Gideon. Our boys. Yeah. And what happens? They get ambushed. They get kidnapped. Din gets abducted. Like it's the whole, it's literally a textbook example. It's so funny to me. Which is also, by the way, cool that we're seeing him get abducted now. Yeah, instead of if Grogu. you recall, yeah, the episode before the end of the season in season two was this exact scenario, basically, but for Grogu. Yep, which is very nice, lovely, par- lovely parallel there. Yeah, good job, Favs, on that. Yeah. Um, but yes, I I did write down a lot of stuff, but I don't really need to read it. I basically described it, and it's. I mean. It's it's the wholeness of the death rebirth cycle. Something's going to happen to Din. A lot of people think he's going to get his memory erased. Gideon's going to erase his memory <clears throat> and he's not going to remember Grogu, he's not going to remember Bo. What? There are That's a crazy. lot of people that think he's going to die. Okay. I can't imagine it. That's Cap. No. Not feeling it. I can't imagine it. I think... I think he loses his helmet. Okay. They take it as a trophy. Um, That is a Moff Gideon move. He's definitely taken off his helmet. There's no question. No, but he loses his helmet. This is key. Here's why I question if that's going to happen. Because this... Pedro Pascal is doing a whole other show. Like he's in <laughs> a whole other show on HBO. That's true. A that's really true. good one, by the way. <laughs> and the only way he can do both shows is <laughs> if true. On oh God, you're he's right. He's just doing voiceover. <laughs> you're correct. You're and correct. somebody told me today it's literally in his contract that he only has to show his face in one episode per season. Oh. <laughs> For contractual reasons. Oh, crazy, crazy. Okay. I have no way of knowing if that's true, but oh. someone who knows someone at huh. Lucasfilm has told them that that is the deal. That's a so, sick deal. <laughs> so that he cool can deal. do his other show and other projects. Oh, that's a good deal. Yeah, it's a pretty good deal. A lot of voice acting. Sure, but he can do that from anywhere, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, pretty much indicative of the fact that he's not going to have his helmet off for Okay, long. well, maybe he loses, like, the signet or something. Like, he loses something. He's got to lose something, Well, I, I think he's going to lose his memory. No way, dude. I, I, I don't think that's happening. I don't think... That would be cool, though, because... I don't think it's happening, but it would make sense because of that whole thing with IG-11 at the beginning of the season. That would be kind of a nice roundabout. Sure would. But... Um, did you even think of that? Uh, yeah, because I, mean, I think we talked about it before yeah. about how he's gonna parallel IG Eleven in some way. Ooh, yikes! Well, I yeah. hope he doesn't like actually parallel. <laughs> but he's gotta lose something. Not that though. That's too much work. I feel like for the writers, they'd have to compensate for like literally the whole season would be about him not knowing anything. It's lame. I don't know. That's not happening. I disagree. But I do think <laughs> I do think he loses either like his thing, his like symbol thing. Okay. Or maybe just a piece of the armor. I don't know. Some other piece. I don't know. I just have a bad or feeling. Or the jetpack. Or, it's going to be know. his memory. 
Like his actual love for his child gone. Uh, no way. Hard. No way. That's that's tough. That's though. not happening, my man. All right. That all right. I do not see in my mind. Well, eye. according to Joseph Campbell. Okay. There is what I would the call man. the hero's journey, the night sea journey, the hero quest, where the individual is going to bring forth in his life something that was never beheld before. Okay. Perhaps um, loving Bo-Katan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That would be some new experience for him. That is true. If, if he is, in fact, being tortured and held and she rescues him and she and it, you know what i completely forgot that she has already seen him with his helmet off yeah i completely forgot about that <laughs> i know i'm so dumb bro but if she actually is face to face with him no helmets and they do not kiss i kiss <laughs> there better be a kiss why are you saying it that, like that better be something in his life that was never beheld before. <laughs> okay that's what you want that to be i really do oh i really gosh. do you are such a girl bro i know what I a know. girl um no kissing okay i'm still very afraid they're gonna kill Bo, and i'm way more afraid that the armor is done for they gonna blow up that ship because everyone's gonna be dead Oh, here was another thing that people were like, she's definitely the traitor because they keep cutting to her leaving the planet with the quote unquote sick and injured. Oh, well, they're cutting to her with the sick and injured because they're going to get her like they're going to get her and they're going to infiltrate the ship. How much you want to bet the next episode starts with the space stuff? I'm just guessing like we, we start with space battle. Boom. Maybe. We haven't yeah. seen like a Mandalorian space battle before. Maybe. I don't think. Have we? Have we? Has there ever been a Mandalorian space battle? Uh well on Rebels, but What? Yeah. I just watched it. There oh. are a couple space Rebels? battles. Yeah. With Mandalorians. I didn't even know they were in Rebels. Oh my god. <laughs> you're the worst. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, you're the worst. Dang. Um but the the people on the ship with the armor are so are so the They're others like, that used to walk through the jungle in costumes. Facts. Facts. Oh my god. It's so upsetting. They're so gonna get hurt. I'm so upset. Yeah. Um anywho. Rip the armor. I just know it. <laughs> no. Uh she's Don't not say gonna it. she's not gonna be a traitor, but well, she did. I don't think she's going to make it either. Because he just doesn't know how to do... He doesn't know how to do character development without <laughs> killing a mentor. He doesn't He doesn't know how. And he said it out loud, so I don't even feel bad about saying it. <laughs> That's true. He has Favreau that. has admitted it. Yeah. That he feels like he has. He had to kill Quill. He had to kill IG-11. All right, my guy. <laughs> so sad. Continue with your murderous <laughs> rampage, I guess. Depressing, bro. I know uh okay this i can't i cannot remember if this was on the podcast either but i had said that grogu was going to break up a fight between i think bo katan and the armor i feel like or it was between the armor and 
uh, den. I can't remember now, but the point was he was going to break up a fight. And oh, my God. Yeah, he broke up a fight. Oh, my God. I thought I was a genius at that moment. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, But it's very interesting. That those guys are playing chess, a tactical game, you know, I mean, it's Mando chess. It's not really chess chess. And the whole thing with the Mandalorians is if two Mandalorians are fighting, no one can intervene. Like this is actually like a rule, a cultural rule. It's part of their religion. (laughs) If they're fighting, you do not intervene. And, you know, like I've been saying all along, Grogu is the middle way for all of these people. He is everything to everyone all the time. He's the Buddha, basically. Mm -hmm. And he steps in and breaks up the fight. And Bo says to Din, you've taught your apprentice well. And of course, Din's like, I did not. It's not me. I didn't teach him that. So it's actually coming from his innate sense of, you know, right and wrong and he doesn't want to see them fighting and he wants them to be united and be friends um so again he's like having this emotional maturity that's growing and he's very he's making his own decisions which is cool yep um i just wrote down they keep showing the armor and the quote-unquote sick girl you in danger (laughs) Uh, okay. Again, the rando mandos steer them right into the monster and then tell them to go further underground into the forge. So they just happen to be at the right place where the forge is. And then they get ambushed by the new super commandos, which I don't know what we're going to call them, but let's just call them that. Okay. Um, Gideon shows up in the most like grandiose he just giancarlo giancarlo what is am i saying his name right i think so national treasure this man he came out on the stage at the panel he always does this in basically in character just like oh cool whooping it up he loves this role you can tell he loves this role that's cool so much sweet but he's now got his own outfit um jetpack cape helmet with horns on it and he really just he's so he's very very extra like he's he's beyond anakin being extra he's times 100 i feel like (laughs) anakin used to be extra but compared to gideon i don't think so i think gideon's about as extra as it gets because he's basically saying, I'm I'm taking from the Jedi, I'm taking from the Mandalorian, I'm making myself in my men and my army like the perfect um army, and I am gonna take over Mandalore. It's mine now. Give me the dark saber, Bo. Like you have tell your people it's over. And you're like, yeah, that's not gonna happen. So Yeah. Everybody escapes except Paz Vizla. Rip the homie. Rip him. I mean, the fact that he made himself... Man went down. The fact that he made his own character, though. <laughs> this big hero I moment. don't know. You keep saying that. I, I, I actually think that, I mean, he does have a huge lineage in the story. And I guess. If anyone was going to be in this situation, who's going to die? It's him. I guess. You know what I mean? I, I mean, guess. I don't know. I think it was actually a pretty cool scene. I liked the scene. 
it was a good scene. I'm not saying it wasn't a good scene, mm. but everybody's now like, Paz Vizsla's the best. Yeah, I'm annoying. like, no, he's not. That's annoying. <laughs> no one cared about him until this happened. No one said anything about him until this happened. It's literally just because he died that now people are like, oh my God, dude. And and on the last day of celebration, the custom shirts that you could get that said Star Wars Celebration Europe on them, they have a different shirt of the day. And the last day, it was Paz Vizsla. And nobody but the people who had been in the screening knew why they would have picked Paz Vizsla. Yeah. So now I bet people that did buy that shirt are kicking themselves because they're like, oh my God, Paz Vizsla's the best. <laughs> so. Um. But yeah, the Praetorian Guards. Oh, yeah, they're lit. He actually would have won if it wasn't for Gideon asking for Praetorian Guards. He would have been fine. Yep. Which is kind of sad. But, it is. Um, and then it just ends, man. Uh, it just ends with Paz Vizsla face planning after he's been complete. Cold. Very violent, by the he, way. Yeah. I mean, Surprisingly, it's good stuff. Good stuff. I liked it. I liked, I liked it. it too, but I was just pretty surprised at how violent. Yeah. They got. Yeah. Um, is that everything? Let me see. Oh, the other the other thing I see a lot of people saying that is suspicious about the armor is that she has living waters with her that she uses when she makes armor. Uh huh. However, I don't really think that's suspicious because. She could just have it. You know what I mean? Like, she's the armorer. It's kind of like when they fled the planet or when they when they left, she would have made sure that she brought her living waters with her. If that's part of the ceremonial making of the armor, you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't find that sus necessarily suspicious at all. Yeah, I don't really. Do you think that that's no, no. necessarily suspicious? Not really. I don't know. Um... There were a lot of other things that people are saying, but like I said, most of it is very circumstantial. And I could say the same thing about Axe Woves or Casca Reeves or anybody else or the or the Rando Mandos or any of any of the other Mandalorians. But who knows? Maybe this the title of this episode was just kind of a mistake. <laughs> maybe he didn't I, really that mean is it. The take this episode that you are wrong about. Sorry, my friend. It's the title of the episode. <laughs> yeah, but he's done stuff like that in the past. I can't remember exactly nah. what he did where the title was like, what? Hard disagree. Um, Hard pass. But I think my, but my favorite thought about that is that he's using the term spies like in the biblical sense where it's more like scouts because that would make a lot of sense. They are scouting the planet. Yeah, it's, but like it's a double entendre then. Too. Yeah, it's a double meaning. Yeah. Okay, well then there are multiple spies then too. <laughs> if it's a double entendre. Well, no, I mean, Aliyah Al Kane is the spy, like the actual spy. Yeah. But then if we're taking the word spy as in the biblical sense of scout, then the Mandalorians are the scouts. They're scouting the planet. You know what I'm saying? Like it could be a double meaning rather than multiple spies. I do know what you mean, but I don't think that's true. You don't think so? No, I think it's definitely not that deep. <laughs> Unfortunately, like it would be cool if it was. It probably is to him, 
But he probably named it that because he wanted to get exactly what he's happening. Oh, that's what I'm wondering. Like, is he sitting back just like laughing at this? dude. All this debating? He knew this. You think? Yeah. You just call it the spy. You could just call it that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, uh, the reason why I think the biblical thing might be true is because they are really digging into... Like, they, they have now started calling them tribes of Mandalorians. Come on. Like, like we've uh, never used that word before. Like, uh, like the tribes. Of of, yeah. Oh, that's a throwback, dude. That's what I'm saying. He's he's really digging into his. Mr. Thorson. He's digging into his Old Testament Dang. Israelite oh. verbiage. What? Aren't there 12 tribes there, of Israel? There are. Oh. Of course. Of course. What? Oh, IG-12. Uh, oh, and you know what else? I counted how many little flames there are in the forge. There's 12. Oh! Yeah. That's cool. That is pretty cool. Well... That's some history right there. And I think... Some people are quoting that conversation that she had with Bo-Katan as also proof that She's just never going to give up her place of power, basically. And that if she can't, the the theory is if she can't make everybody follow her tenets and her rules of her way, quote unquote, then that's why she's like, well, then the Imperials can just kill them all. I don't care. And they're saying that because of that conversation, one of the reasons that conversation that she had with Bo where she's like, it's not enough for just a few of us to walk the way. Right. And Bo's like, I understand. And she basically, that's kind of when they're like, okay, well, we all have to, we all have to do it. And so people are interpreting that as if she's saying, my way this way this old antiquated way that i've been in charge of for this long right but that's not my interpretation my interpretation of that conversation is that she's saying the way can be whatever you want it to be and we can unite even though we disagree about what it means to walk the way because right before that she's talking about the great forge and look at this little forge that I was using on Navarro. They're very different. One is huge. One is grand. One is small. One is modest. They serve the same purpose. Yeah. Which to me means that's what she's saying. Like the way can be your way or it can be my way. But the only thing I know is we need to unite and take back Mandalore because you saw the freaking mythosaur. (laughs) and that's what that means to me yeah and Bo agrees that's what that means to her too suddenly yeah and now she's got the freaking darksaber so yeah it makes it it doesn't do you think we ever see do you think we ever see the armor wield the darksaber no Mm. I don't think so that'd be kind of cool if they like swath weapons because <laughs> din did say really that dark saber doesn't yeah. mean anything to the covert well that's what i'm saying like what if like there's a moment where she's in trouble or something and the armor sees the dark saber laying around and does like a fin, i mean pulls a fin you know that'd be pretty freaking cool before. but yeah. i don't 
I don't know that they're ever going to see her again. I don't know. I don't know. It might be like that. I'm so worried for her. <laughs> I sort of got if Luke shows up. Oh, jeez. We haven't talked about that. But I see, I think it's going to be Boba Fett. Like, I think yeah. Boba Fett's going to be the Luke. His ship instead. That swoops That'd in. That'd be sick, dude. That'd be so funny. God, who on that ship knows Boba Fett? Do any <laughs> of them know him? Well, Axe Woves. He knows him? They fought in the bar. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's the flamethrower thing. That was so funny. No, that was Casca, actually. Well, okay, but she's there, too. I think she's still down on the planet, though. She's getting her ass whooped at the moment. Oh, well, I mean, either way. Maybe they just all kind of know yeah. him now. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> no. Maybe somebody's going to hit the... They have a big red button that's like, I mean, isn't he emergency, like the, call Boba Fett. Isn't he like the ruler of Tatooine right now? Yeah, basically. So, I mean, like, I'm sure they know about that. You could probably just call him up, you know? Like like I said, there's a big... A big, like, the the big... The phone. The president's phone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, but it's a phone to call Boba Fett. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Only using case of extreme emergency. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, I hope so. I hope he does that. I, I know that's, that's lame. I know. Happen, I know right? that's lame, and it's almost like Luke showing up, but it's not, because he's a Mandalorian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, straight up. All right. He's anything? lore. Is there anything else? No. Any other weird theories you have before so. the finale? This is it. This is the time. I think my weird theories are out there already. And I kind of hope my most recent one is correct. That they're cloning DNA. Extracting DNA from dead Mandalorians. Do you think we're going to find out? Which would be pretty dark. It'd be so cool, but really dark. Do you think we're going to find out anything more about Gideon? Or that if, would be nice. if he's a Mandalorian himself? Or if he was one of Maul's guys? That, I mean, that would be nice some actual backstory <laughs> that'd be cool because we don't know anything yeah, about know. Him, yeah. still i mean that's that's, that's, that's kind of cool too i don't know i don't know well, i think i've said everything i need to say um about it well i guess i guess i touched on the fact that i'm getting redemption vibes about him oh yeah but mostly because we don't hear anything about him or the mandalorians in the sequel trilogy but also if he is a mandalorian or some relation or descended from them or whatever um it would be cool if the the end of the story is everyone unites and he turns and wants to actually be with the mandalorians i don't know i know i'm it's crazy that's pretty crazy (sighs) i bet you thawne shows up thrawn could very well i bet you show up in a stinger right now it would make more sense for there to be an Ahsoka show stinger than anything yeah. else. Yeah, true, 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 true. Because that show is coming. Well, Ezra shows up. That show is coming real soon. Do you think he could show up? No, they're sa- they're definitely saving Ezra. Yeah, but you remember how everyone thought it was him in season two? <laughs> yeah. So maybe they do that as a meme. <laughs> as, a, as a meme. <laughs> we kind of um, And I really do probably think they're going to save Thrawn for the Ahsoka show. Okay. All right, well, yeah, I got to go. I got to go practice. All right. All right. Well, if you would like to reach out, I am on Twitter at Frey Adjacent. The show has a Twitter handle at Unknown Reach Pod. Colin is on Instagram at Colin underscore MJ underscore Whitlick. Yeah. And we are both on Facebook. 
Yeah. And once again, if you want to listen to the panel that I participated in at Star Wars Celebration with Kara DJ and our other friend Robin, you can go to the first time podcast show on your normal podcast platforms and find that very easily. I highly suggest it. It was a really good time. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. And if you want to hear some of the speculation that we were coming up with about all the celebration announcements. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's there. But um, Colin and I are going to do a celebration wrap up, I think, maybe after the Mandalorian finale, probably. Well, it'll probably seem like old news by then, but I feel Ooh. like we, I do want to talk about it because there's a sure. lot of good stuff. Yeah, maybe maybe we do the Mandalorian first. No, that's what I said. Okay, okay. I think we'll do that first because that's on Wednesday. It's Sunday. It's coming like in a couple of days. Oh my gosh. Uh, Okay. Hey, Colin. Hey. See you around, kid. Peace. Thank you for listening to Unknown Regions Podcast. The introductory theme for Unknown Regions podcast was composed by Colin Whitlick and was performed live by a volunteer orchestra. This recording and composition is the intellectual property of Colin Whitlick, but please feel free to hire him for all your compositional needs. He is the composer you're looking for. All the opinions expressed on Unknown Regions podcast are of a personal nature and in no way reflect that of Disney or Lucasfilm. Thanks again for listening. See you real soon.